What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 112 of the Taste Cast, a weekly podcast where we talk about things, react to things, do much random shit. I'm Seth. I'm Chevy. And I'm Chris. And quick reminders to wash your hands, but to also download and play Sonic Forces and Shadow of the Colossus, both offer for free on PlayStation Plus. Make sure to download those, play those, come back at the end of the month for Plus Club. Let us know what we thought of those games. We'll let you know we thought of them. And our game of the month pick by me uh, is Wilson, which is a top-down ARPG Diablo-like game with skills and loot and all sorts of shit. Make sure to play that, come back at the end of the month as well and let us know about all the bugs you found in it and we'll have a conversation also make sure to type hashtag AskTLG if you'd like your comments to be considered on our replying to you guys segment on every taste cast i gotta come up with a name for that segment um <laughs> and yeah we got a discord link down below you can talk to us anytime all the time we're on itunes spotify to the podcast platforms if you prefer to listen to us in audio form i think that's about everything also uh we just hit 1000 670 something subscribers today so if you're one of the new subscribers welcome to the channel and if you happen to know anybody who's going to be staying home a lot lately you should tell them if they're bored come check out tasty loot gaming and hit the subscribe button join our community does that that sound convincing (laughs) it's a lot of long content you can keep busy we got we got a lot we got a lot of content every week so yeah tell your friends join the community we're going to have fun. I miss fun. Let's have fun. Um, all right. So uh, every taste cast start with what we've been playing. My list is pretty big. I I, I did a big mistake. I did a big mistake. I don't even know if that's a sentence you should be saying. I went through the demo section on PS4. I was like, haven't played that. Haven't played that. Haven't played that. Download a bunch of things. And then I fucking, then some new games came out. Got to play that. Got to play that. Got to play that. So my list is pretty big. So one of you guys should probably go first. I'll go first. All right. Played Final Fantasy fourteen. Imagine that. Um, especially now, uh, having a game to just spend a lot of time in is a great uh, place <laughs> for me to be. So, uh, been doing that, knocking out some things that, uh, you know, that I kind of always put to the side and then revisit when we're in a lull between patches. Um, leveling other jobs, doing some miscellaneous crafting and gathering, some fishing. Uh, you know, nothing too exciting, but, you know, uh, exploring avenues of the game I don't obviously spend as much time in. So, mm-hmm. And then um, outside of that, I picked up Animal Crossing on the Switch. Uh, real quickie review on that. It's awesome. If you liked Animal Crossing before, it's that plus more. You're going to you, love it. If you didn't like Animal Crossing before uh, because maybe you didn't feel like it gave you enough direction, this game is constantly trying to direct you now. So... East Gay uh, Review, what would you grade it? Right now? Yeah. I'm only on day three, but I'd probably give it an A minus right now. Ooh, so, what the fuck? Chevy's gonna sell the A minus? It's a lot of fun. But it's a I big I, grade. I've said before I really like the series, so um, play that game for like two hours. <laughs> Way more than that, but it feels like it. I mean it it looks like Animal Crossing. Uh sounds like they, it. Did Crossing. They changed the the art style a little bit to, you know, obviously be you know, uh, higher graphics essentially for, for modern day. I love the way it looks, especially like Tom Nook and, and uh, Timmy and Tommy, they look really neat. Has, has Tom Nook always been that thick? Yeah. That Hawaiian shirt's not doing many favors. He doesn't care. <laughs> He's like bursting at the seams. Um, I love how half the time too, he's just like, there once when he goes, mm, like has like this weird, like floaty things around his head and stuff. If I'm it's like, the flowers, it's joy. Yeah. yeah. He's like, and then every once in a while, I'll go and like lean forward and go when he goes to talk the about su- stuff. The surprise or the excitement. Yeah. Yeah. So you get those emotes, by the way. I've also played this game. Yeah. 
Um, I want to visit other people's you islands. Get those emotes. Yeah. Ooh, I just unlocked them. Shit. <laughs> so now I can sit there and do the little flower thing. Oh God, that's all I'm going to be doing in that game. <laughs> Standing in the woods, going. Mm. So I also, you know, I've unlocked. <laughs> You know some more abilities to expand my island more so i can bring more villagers in have more tasks to do gather more things craft more things the crafting system is a really neat addition to the game this is dumb i forgot that there's like terraforming the game when he said expand the island I'm like you get to expand the island but then i was like probably should have to that's a really small island yeah my island's pretty fucking small well I, by expanding i mean like you have a river in your way when you start the game and so you only get access to like half the island at yeah. first so now well, depending on what island you pick i picked the one that had the most early real estate a lot of them had these stupid fucking rivers all over the place i'm like get the shit yeah. one they're always going to block you from the whole island so you get eventually you get to build a bridge so i i'm the most aggressive person going into animal crossing everyone else going like yay i love animal crossing i'm like get this fucking river out of my face <laughs> well eventually Taking strategy here eventually to you do get terraforming like you said i haven't unlocked that i'm yet, gonna so. fucking destroy that island and then uh, <laughs> make it into something better <laughs> I th- really the only <laughs> negative thing i have is you get these tickets to go to random islands for resources those islands are very small so like the amount of time it takes to get those those nook miles essentially to buy those tickets versus the amount of time i spent on the island i went to i was like mm, maybe later when i have nothing to spend these on this makes more sense so yeah yeah a lot of fun though um i drained my switch's battery today playing it so it's charging right now mm-hmm. That's how you know you're playing it, because I've I've sat there and played um, Xenoblade Chronicles two before on on the Switch for like a couple hours, mm-hmm. and it was still had a chunk of battery left, which is impressive because the console is just a screen. Yeah, and it's a pretty big screen. It's it's a big screen. It's yeah. bright. Graphics are good. Yeah, just no latency. Kick stand out. Put it on my desk, and I was just holding the controllers while lounging in my computer chair. So, <laughs> yeah, things great. Um, I'm glad to be playing. One of my other consoles too. It's nice. So, yeah, I play my Switch. Not well when I'm playing an RPG on there. I play it pretty regularly, but uh, I play it quite a bit. Um, I think my least played console. No, not talking shit. Is the Xbox. Yeah, same. Because the Xbox games I am playing, I'm playing on my PC. Yeah, and that kind of sucks with PSO two as well because like I'm enjoying the game. Um, but yeah, as soon as the Windows ten version comes out, that's where I want to play. <laughs> Hopefully, this crossplay. Yeah. Yeah. Is that all you've been playing? That's it, those two games. Oh, Chris, what have you been playing? Uh, I also have only been playing two games. <laughs> Ooh, this is going to be my conversation. <laughs> uh, I've been playing some Wilson here and there. Oh, uh, yeah. I have about five characters. <laughs> yeah, I got four or five as well. I feel it. <laughs> um, I won't talk too much about that because, you know, talk about that later. What's uh, your, I've out of curiosity, lot- what's your max level character? 40 something. Oh, nice. I just hit 60 today, and from right. 57 to 60 was fucking hours. Uh, but grind. the end game seems to start at 40, and you have to beat certain things to up the starting level. So now I'm up to, I think, 49, all the levels I'm doing. So it's all too easy for me, but I have to beat them to get up to my level. So I'm not getting a good amount of experience. It's a mm-hmm. laddered end game, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. You have to go through three tiers of an area, and if you beat all three, it'll let you increase the level next time. But if you can't beat it, you still get rewarded unless you die. Um, but uh, you have to keep going. So if you're stuck at 43 until you're strong enough, you can't go to the 46 content. But it all starts at 40, and I was like 
I think 47 when I first got to Endgame. And then, yeah, now I'm like 60. So. Yeah. It's like 90 is the cap, right? Yeah. Well, somebody recently said something about like 120. So I don't know if it went up or not. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to hit fucking uh, the cap before the end of the month. And then a lot of things happened this month. And I was like, I'm not playing Wilson right now. I probably should. So I played it today. I got 60. <laughs> but I don't know if I'm hitting the level cap. I'm not, I'm not claiming shit. I don't know if that's going to happen. I got a week to do that. I don't think so. I'd be happy just to get to end game. That's my goal. I'll get you there yeah. in fucking five seconds. I'll walk you through the gates of hell. Did you beat, <laughs> did you beat Act Three? I have not beaten it yet because I was streaming it, and so I didn't want to beat it off stream. Uh, he's trying to tell so a I've story. Got all my characters caught up to where my main character is. I just keep making new ones and catching them. That's what I was doing too, and I was like, I got to dedicate time to one because yeah, I kept making new ones. I'm like, oh, this one's neat. I was like, what, what What? would this be like? I started playing that. I'm like, it's probably going to suck. I'm like, no, I like this too. And I started catching up to my other characters. I'm like, fuck, okay. Uh, and I was like, I, I got to just play my highest level character and try and get a little further <laughs> so I can kind of have something to talk about there. Yeah, yeah. So I need to put more time in that to actually beating the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I have been playing a metric shit ton of Final Fantasy. Just... Not even doing anything like combat wise. I have been crafting out my ass. Damn. I bought myself an apartment separate from the free company house. You and can I had do just that? Been, yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. You can also and buy I've a room. I've literally just been making house. a whole house inside there. Huh. You can also buy your own house. I mean, this. I'm moving out. <laughs> I'm getting my own place. Wow, you can have multiple. So. Though that has its downfalls. Because there's not enough property. Chevy's got all this fucking, you need to be back by 11 p.m. fucking rules. And Chris is like, nah. I don't rules. I don't even go to I'm the house. I'm the only one ever at the free company house anyway. Well, maybe it's your own rules you made up. And you're like, I'm not following these fucking rules. Everyone else <laughs> needs to. When they're in this house, if they're living under my roof. As everyone's while, Chris is like, I put something in the free company house. I'm like, all right, let me go see. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what started happening in Warframe, too, before fucking everyone stopped playing that. Fucking, it like started declining. Chris is just still in the ship fucking doing stuff. <laughs> feel like in a real life situation, if there's like a space shell, we're all in and fucking everybody starts slowly disappearing. It's kind of dark. Everybody starts slowly disappearing. Chris would just be there alone, just decorating the fucking place by himself. <laughs> it has to be homey when they return. Yeah, when they come back, they'll, they'll, they'll appreciate this. I got to make sure the house looks nice for everybody. Oh, man. Uh, I've been I've been using, uh, I guess it's guess it's technically a glitch. But uh, floating furniture, because there's certain surfaces that the furniture can't be put on. But your rooms are very tall, so there's a lot of empty real estate vertically. So using glitches, I can levitate furniture to a certain height and put platforms underneath that. And the game kind of like syncs them together. It's really weird. Yeah, gotcha. The devs are aware of it and decided not to fix it because people are being creative with it. So, yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. It's not like it, it breaks the game in any kind of like you know beneficial way. It's literally just a housing thing. So I doubt even if they were like we're gonna crack down on glitches, I think it's probably one of the last things they would ever fix. Yeah, it's purely cosmetic. So yeah, yeah. it's always interesting because sometimes those things will come up in games, and if it's game breaking, of course fix it asap. I remember years ago, Diablo three for like less than four hours, this thing came out where like fucking people found out how to like do something with the the mage chick that made her completely OP. 
and within hours, Blizzard found out and they fucking like fixed it instantly. I was like, that was fucking impressive. They're like, nope. And they fucking just put the kibosh on it instantly. I was like, that was a reaction. That was crazy. Yeah. Because people were just like, wait, I can do this. And they started doing like all sorts of crazy shit. Um, but then like stuff like that, like I played other games where there's like harmless glitches you can do and like they just don't do anything about it. Sometimes they do just because, you know, maybe they want their game to be of a certain standard. Like, oh, fuck, mm-hmm. we can't have the game being buggy like that. Before they fixed movement in Warframe. That was technically a bug. Yeah, launching yourself. Mm. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just the like, helicopter moves. You like, remember that? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll make a non-buggy version of this for people since they like that so much. So, yeah, because everyone's just flying around. Yeah, <laughs> I remember just flying down hallways. Everybody's just doing it, just flying all over the place. I'm like, this isn't the ninja experience. I remember this game was supposed to be. This is just fucking like a Wuja film. Everyone's just flying around. Yes, <laughs> pretty much. It's weird. Weird times. <laughs> I had to return um, that. We have been raiding game. with a small group of people. There's what five of us yeah. that do it now. So we have enough. We have half of a raid. Over so, half. You know, over half. That's right. We had three so more we just dedicated. Get a few more people. We can just make raid groups for the free company. You know, with all this talk recently of staying home a lot, I was like, you know what? That'd be a really good time to play Final Fantasy fourteen. So I've been thinking about it. Except for we don't need any more melee DPS because we have about nine samurais. I'll change if we get well, a Well, guess that leaves me out. Well, no, I'm not melee You're right good. now. No, we need range physical. Cool, that's yeah. where I am right now, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, and I would switch at that point. Yeah, yeah, I, we yeah. don't need two samurais right now, so. Switch. And, I, yeah. and for the first time in a long time, I'm actually main tanking everything. Yeah. Yeah. And Blind, too. It was quite the experience. Yeah, another member of ours decided to just on a whim decided to be healer, and he's been like carrying groups now. I'm just like, it's ridiculous. you pick that up pretty easily. <laughs> so that's uh, been pretty neat. That's cool. Yeah. I'm missing out on all the fun. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's a weekly thing. <laughs> yeah, it's good to know. <laughs> and when it's gone, the next one will take its place. So there's oh, always yeah. end more. game. More, more. Um. Yeah, that's uh, it. It is kind of funny though that we we do have so many melee right now because like the balance there is awful. <laughs> In that regard, that's most fine. of the new fights are like not melee friendly. No. So because hmm. you have to move a lot, and when you're moving, you're not hitting things. So it's great for two samurai range and people. a dragoon. Yeah. Yeah. And so you guys have three? Three melee right now. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. too many. I didn't sound like that much. Three out of the four DPS is melee. <laughs> really should. It should really just be like a melee, a caster, maybe two casters. I Diversify. Yeah. No one wants to play caster, though. Why not? I don't know. None of us. I are. enjoy it, but I'm the tank. <laughs> I'm the tank. Choo-choo. You know, I mean, if we if we had a, a static of just us, though, I would relate to a tank. I would be more open to do heals or tanking. But yeah, not doing it with strangers. Not interested. I don't want to hear the critiques from random people who know everything. So I was just talking with someone about Tinder recently. So when he said you're not interested in doing it with strangers. I was like, that's probably good. <laughs> I don't think my wife would appreciate it anyways. <laughs> 
That's true. <laughs> Any other stories there? I could probably go on and on. Well, when I was 10 years old this one time, I was walking and I stubbed my toe and got attacked by a bear. Oh, God. Mm. You lost me when you said bear. Knock, knock the fucker out, too. It's like, bam, I'm like, bop. Ten-year-old. I don't believe you. The only reason I, I, you didn't see me get fucked up is because I fucked him up first. That's how you do it. I think that's just a rule in general. <laughs> Best defense is to knock someone out for everything. Someone's like, I'm going to beat you in a debate. You're like, boom. Can't debate me now. Can't debate. Yeah, you can't beat me in the debate now. You're fucking asleep. Anyway, don't hit people. Don't. Right now is the best time not to be hitting anybody. So yeah, just don't even be near them. Yeah, six feet. Uh, anything else? No, no. All right. Well, I'm gonna go through my list real quick. Uh, touching on what you were talking about earlier a little bit, Animal Crossing New Horizons. I picked that up as well. I played it not quite as much as you, but I have played it. Um, it's really clean looking. It is Animal Crossing. Um, I think it's funny how somebody made that game years ago. It was so bizarre then. It's still so bizarre, but it's just got this whole charm to it this whole atmosphere to it but that game is so fucking weird um <laughs> it's it's pretty cool i i want to play it further um i've always had a problem with these games just because in my opinion they always feel like they have a lack of uh structure like you can do stuff you know uh how things work as you play or whatever but this one feels a lot more uh like you should do this because it'll be beneficial for you and you're like oh, okay and then you go do that it, it just has a little bit of guidance to it that i think is welcome for me um but uh but yeah, your character has the quintessential like lazy eyes and a weird little smile. He's like, <laughs> my guy's eyes are like perfect circles, just like, <laughs> and uh, he looks kind of crazy. Um, there's a lot of really neat stuff in that game. I, I need to, I need to, I, I don't have much to say on it as of yet, but uh, I'm excited to play it further and, and have a, uh, you know more of an opinion on it. Uh, played Wilson as well. Uh, we touched on that a little bit. Uh, hit sixty um, with my main character i have a bunch of characters but since they're the highest level i guess that's my main um and i'll have more talk about uh on that this weekend when we'll be doing plus club and game of the month um this upcoming one uh but yeah uh definitely have a lot to say on that game let's see uh, i've been playing a shitload of warzone if you don't know warzone is the battle royale mode that came out for call of duty modern warfare um in case you don't know it's free to play somehow you don't know that um and it's cross-platform so i've been playing on pc i've been playing with people in the community uh pretty much constantly which has been great i've always had people to play with and in a game like that you want people to communicate with although they did a great job implementing apex legends ping system uh, so you don't need to talk to anybody um, as long as you're using that well enough. Uh, it'll Even if you look at like a, a building and hit the ping button, your guy will be like, I'm going over here. And I'm like, oh, perfect. Because that's pretty much what I'd be conveying to someone if I just did that. Mm -hmm. So uh, hmm. really, really cool. But um, I actually like that mode a lot more than I thought I was going to. Like I, uh, I, I like Modern Warfare. I think it has a really good single player. I think it has a really good multiplayer. Um, I really like a lot of the systems they've implemented, and I think it's a fantastic-looking game. I'm happy with TTK in it, Time to Kill. Um, but then I was like, man, Blackout, which was Black Ops 4's Battle Royale mode, was almost good. Everything about it I liked, except for the TTK wasn't that satisfying. And I didn't like the shield system, because it had a color-tiered shield system. So if you found Purple Shield, you were fucking god. Mm. Um, except for every once in a while, like I'd run a person, and I'd have a Purple Shield, and they'd pop me once in the head, and I'd just be dead. I'm like, okay. Um, it was just felt kind of inconsistent. I never felt like there was a, a straight up flow to the game. And I'm sure somebody who got really into it is like, wow, you just didn't get it. Maybe 
This and this, you literally have a health bar. And if your health goes down, it doesn't come back up. You can find syringes to get your health back up, but you still have straight up health. Then you have three chunks that you can put armor into as slots. And armor is armor across the board. So you just have three pieces of armor at most. You can carry up to five plates. Anytime someone breaks one of the armor pieces off, you can. the animations are really good. You actually watch the guy put the armor back into his suit and shit. Um, so there's a, a, you know, you press the button, you're sitting there in the middle of a firefight. I'm like, I got to get my armor back. And I'm sitting there doing this while we're shooting and shit. And uh, it just, it feels good. It's it's just straightforward, makes sense. If you got three armor uh, plates and someone doesn't have armor, you damage their armor and they're, you know, they don't have any more plates you have an advantage and mm-hmm. it just, it just makes sense. So, um, I, I think they did a really good job with that. Um, the map's fucking huge, huge, like, uh, really, really crazily. It's, it's big. It's also really densely popla- populated with, um, uh, objects. There's like a downtown area. That's like a city with like every single building you can go in any skyscraper. You can go up to the very top of it. Um, every building, like I said, you can go into every single fucking part of it. Um, then there's like fields and there's a dam and there's like all sorts of shit to go to. Um, I really like the map because you're constantly going from one point to another on the map and the battle's changing as you go from where you go. Um, an early complaint of mine has just become something that I'm used to at this point. It's part of my life, I guess now. Uh, this game has this weird thing where when you jump out of the plane, like any battle royale, you're falling, free falling, and then you hit the parachute button. So you can like go straight down as fast as you can, or you want to go further out, you want to, uh, you know, kind of glide out there and then use the parachute. Um, but if you pull your parachute and then cut your parachute, you'll free fall. But after you've pulled the parachute and cut it, you can pull your gun out. So a lot of people will pull the parachute, free fall, and start shooting at you. So, and I, I refer to this as Top Gun. People are fucking Top Gunning me because they'll fucking like, I'll be falling here. Pop, pop, pop. And I see bolts flying past me. And I like turn around and look. And there's just a guy flying behind me with a pistol just shooting at me. And I'm like shooting back at him and shit. I've been talking about this for a while. And fucking certain members of the community were acting like I saw Bigfoot. And then when we're playing, I'm like, it's literally happening right now. And they're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know, Seth, if it's <laughs> happening. I'm like, I'm getting fucking shot at right now. And then later they got shot. At. I'm like, see? It's real. <laughs> so, and I do it all the time. I'll fuck it. I'll see a guy fly right past me. And I just go, Pop, 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 and I break his armor and shit. I'm like, that guy's gonna be pissed because as soon as he gets on the ground, he's he's kind of fucked. So, um, but yeah, at first I hated that because I just wasn't used to it. I was like, I don't like that. I don't like this fucking like, oh, you can get shot before you even touch the ground. But now, like, it's kind of funny to me now. So, like, everyone can do it. So, once you get used to it, it's not that big a deal. Um, what else? What else? I don't know. It's, it's just a really good battle royale. Um, I Apex Legends was my favorite. I think this rivals it, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, outside of those, just in case you're like, well, what battle royals? What battle royals does Seth like? I like most of them, but uh, I think PUBG out of the OG ones was my favorite, just because I'm an Arma dude. I like DayZ, so I like a more tactical game. Um, but then it moved over to Apex Legends. I was never a Fortnite fan when it came to the battle royale. I I don't like the idea of building. I know everybody that liked the game when they liked it got into the whole I'm going to turn into a tornado and make a building around me when I get shot at thing. I just I was like I'm not learning to do that. I don't want to. I'm just not interested. That's not what I'm trying to play. Um but I got into Apex Legends cuz I it's think it, it had a lot of fun features of like, you know, hitting jump pads and fucking zip lines and stuff. But uh this marries a lot of the cool ideas Apex Legends has with a more tactical feeling game so um I think it's I think it's really good and it's fucking free to play which is so fucking smart because I feel like I got my money worth on 
Modern Warfare. So I don't feel like I'm cheated. This also is like a booster shot to the community with letting people who aren't going to buy the game access it. Um, you level your weapons like you would in multiplayer in this. So if I run and find a shotgun and I'm shooting people with it, it starts leveling it up. I start unlocking all the, uh, the parts for it. Um, so you might go, I'd really like to use that in multiplayer. Maybe I'll go buy it. So it's kind of like an interesting way to like everyone who's playing is getting something out of it. Mm -hmm. um, and it made me buy the second season battle pass. I was like, I'm not going to do it. I did it. So uh, <laughs> it worked. So, um, so yeah, I would recommend it. If you're, if you're not burnt out by battle rails yet, uh, I would definitely check it out. And uh, it's cross play. Um, hit me up on the discord or something. If you want to play, it's only three people as of right now. Um, but, and we, we typically can fill a squad pretty easily, um, in the discord, but if you're ever interested in playing or finding other people who play, we have about four or five people who play regularly right now in the discord join and you'll be able to find people to play with easily. Um, yeah, I, uh, I played, uh, AI Somnium files, which is one of the games that was, uh, uh, when we're doing the vote for mm -hmm. game of the month thing, uh, I, I played demo that. So that's really interesting. So I was like, "Hey, that's that game." Yeah. Um, it's kind of interesting. It's it's it's. I didn't realize it's gonna be 3D. It's a 3D game, and it's like a and I'm sure somebody's gonna be like, "That's you're not explaining it well enough." But it's <laughs> it's very anime. Um, but it's a 3D game, but it's like at a 2D perspective, and you kind of like move a cursor and click on things, and like click on people and do dialogue trees and stuff. It's all fully voice acted. It was on DS, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's it looks pretty decent on PS4. Yeah, yeah. I um, just was thinking you're talking about the cursor thing. I was like, it's probably for the touchpad. Yeah. Um, it's not what I thought it'd be, but it's it's it was actually kind of intriguing. It was only a demo, so I didn't play much of it. But um, there's something about it that that I don't play games like that very often, so I found it interesting. Mm. Um. The story was kind of interesting. What was going on? You're like investigating a crime scene, and it's kind of gross. This girl's missing an eye. She's just dead on a fucking like carousel type thing, and uh, you're investigating her head. And fucking, they're all, there's this little AI thing that you talk to, really weird looking AI thing, and uh, you're like, oh, they're missing their eye, and they're like, yeah, the eye was removed while they were alive. And I'm like, well, that's great. <laughs> that sounds awful. Um, but yeah, I, I believe I bought that on Steam because I was getting ready in case it was the art game of the mm -hmm. month last year. So um, I might sit down and play that sometime soon. But uh, it was interesting to try that out, finally. Another demo I downloaded is Disaster Report 4 Summer Memories. There's a series out of Japan. They're, they're popular over there. I don't know anybody here who plays them. But I played Disaster Report, I think, like one back in the day. Um, they're kind of just getting ready, like getting Japanese people ready for disasters. That's what those games are for. Because, like, in the so very beginning, it's, like... and orderly and just straight file lines and no chaos? Pretty much. Pretty much. Because, like, the game starts out, and it's really, like, gentle and subtle, and fucking the music's like, bum, bum, bum. And it's like, you're on a bus. And you uh, and then it lets you pick, like, your ambitions. It's like, what would you do during a disaster? And it's like, I will help as many people as possible. I will help my friends and family. I'm looking out for myself. All this shit. And, like, you click one of those, and it's like... Are you going to an interview? Are you are you going to your job? All this stuff. I'm like, uh, I'm going to my job, and then ask all these weird questions. And then it's just there's like an old lady just looking at me on the bus, and it's like, what do you do? And I was like, uh, you can have my seat. So she sat down. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And then like an earthquake happens, and the whole city goes crazy, and like it puts you out in the street, and like 
it's just a bunch of like Japanese people staying in the street, like freaking out. And you're like running around trying to help people and stuff. And I'm like, this is just like how I'm bringing up Arma again. Arma is like a military sim game that was originally designed to like train people in the military back in the day. And then they made a new game. Um, that's what this game felt like. It felt like it was like, all right, we need to get people on board in case an earthquake happens. How do we make that fun? Yeah, make a video game. Because I was playing, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna play this. There's, I don't, I don't, there's no fun factor here. There's all these like decisions and choices you talk to people, and it's like, what are you gonna say to this person? I'm like, we're already dealing with some shit in real life. I don't need this fucking shit in my life right now. So I, I uninstalled it. But uh, if that sounds interesting to you, if you want to experience a Japanese earthquake scenario, that there's a demo for that. You can try that out. Um, Okay, so what else have I played? Uh, Neo 2. Neo 2 is uh, fun. It's very fun. I like it a lot. It's actually better than Neo in almost every single way. Uh, that shit's harder than Neo, though. I'm a weird person. I didn't find Neo that difficult. And I'm not saying that in a bragging way. It's just more my speed in the sense of it's more dodging and combo-based. Um, I think Dark Souls is a much harder series. Neo 2 is way fucking harder. And so the only reason I even brought that up, like, wow, Neo wasn't that hard for me, is because... This game is pretty fucking difficult. I think I'm on like the third level right now. And like, um, I feel like I should be further. And I'm enjoying myself, but like, there's a real challenge to this fucking game. Not Sekiro hard. That game's fucking ridiculous. That game's like, you are an actual ninja. Learn how to parry a blade and murder people. Otherwise, you're going to die. And if you die, we're punishing you. I'm like, whoa, okay, easy. Plus, there's fucking monsters and they're going to kill the shit out of you. Okay, easy. Neo 2 is just like, hey, yeah, you like Neo? Yeah. Fucking see if you like it now. And they just throw all these <laughs> bosses at you. You're like, whoa, okay, this is crazy. Um, things about it, though, I like is graphically, it's it's it feels like a sequel. It, it feels like Neo, except for the graphics are better, the combat's more expanded, the skill trees are way better, way better. Um, there's all the weapons from the last game and the DLCs, plus like three new ones. So there's a sh- I didn't even download the fucking DLCs of the new weapons. So like the Tonfas, brand new to me. I've been using the shit out of them. I love them. Uh, there's like a scythe weapon that it kind of reminds me of Bloodborne, but it turns into like Switchglaive. Yeah, but it like turns into like a like a handheld blade at first, and then it turns into like the smaller like holdable blade, and then it turns into a full on scythe of, or sickle scythe sickle, whatever one of those things. It turns a sickle on a scythe. It's it's all all sorts of shit, um, which is really neat. Uh, lot of loot that's one thing i love about neo is like it has loot so you can sit there and grind and make like fight all the pieces you need to make like a build um it rewards you for every weapon you use so the more you use a weapon you'll start leveling that weapon and that skill tree um you get samurai points ninja points all that kind of stuff uh pretty much like the original but it just feels a lot better the way they've done it now uh the earlier level design is better than the early level design in the first game so you can tell they learned a lot of things building the last game. Um, it's just it just feels better than Neo, and I love Neo. I, me and Chris both love Neo. I know you've played a little bit. You liked it, um, so it's awesome to be able to go into Neo two and go. They nailed it. This they fucking this is everything I wanted from it. It's just harder, so it's taking me longer to get get through it. Um, that's not a complaint. That's just me going. I need to up my game. I need to get good. Uh, I thought I was I had already gotten good, but now I need to get good. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's it's cool. I really like it. The only thing I don't like is uh, I was doing multiplayer with Josh, and we got a small taste of it. Uh, but the way it's set up is you have to have beaten the level to play with someone on that level, which means that somebody has to play ahead of you 
to play with you, which kind of sucks because it'd be better if you could just play together and have that equal challenge. But if someone just plays the fuck ahead of you, they just come in and wreck shit for you. I'm like, so what's the point? I don't like that. So I, I wish they would patch that because I would prefer to be like both low level and have a bit more of a challenge than go like, okay, well, I'll, I'll wait till you beat it so we can play together because mm-hmm. that's going to be fucking in a week. And I'll be like, yeah, I'll see you in a week. Then we can play multiplayer and then you can just stomp everything for me. And that's not if anyone who know if you know me, you know, I don't like that shit. I don't like someone coming in and giving me items, doing anything for me. I want to experience the game like everybody else experienced it. But I, I love co-op. Co-op's one of my favorite things. Like if you kind of sell a game to me that even looks remotely interesting, you tell me there's co-op in it and we can play together, I will most likely pick it up. Yeah, one of the big that's a big issue I have with the the genre is like they always have some weird stipulation to multiplayer. Because even Code Vein, which is pretty friendly, still mm-hmm. has like you can't replay it. We got a system down a bit where it seems we can get the closest experience of our levels yeah. together, but you, one of us still has to clear our zone. Yeah. So I'll clear the zone and then come back and clear the zone with you and then clear the next zone. I'll come back and clear with you and shit. Uh, I mean, it's pretty much the same as fucking Neo too, except for, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a bummer that like you said, you can't just like play together. Yeah. Like I'd rather be on the up play same together. level together, mm-hmm. experiencing it together than going like, all right, well, I'll have to beat it, and then I beat it, and then now I'm stronger, so it's going to be not as challenging for you, and now I can tell you where everything's at, too. Yeah. So it's it's, I get why they're doing it, maybe, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's achieving what they wanted to achieve. Because now you're just making it easier, and that's for those people who, like, beat a game faster than somebody else, and they get bored, and now they're like, man, I wish I had someone to play with. And they're like, uh, let me let me carry you, and someone's like, uh, okay. And then they come through and kill shit for you. And it's like, well, this isn't that fun. Yeah. It's not fun for anybody. Um, I would say the the only aspect about uh, like Neo and, and Code Vein, uh, to use this as an example, that like I found fun was being able to play with people. So um, it's the biggest hindrance I have with those games. I don't I don't necessarily find them like super. I don't, I don't care about the challenge part. Like I just want to mm-hmm. play through the game because I enjoy the way like combat works in them and mm. they usually have like some neat upgrade system really in-depth like character you know sheets and stuff like that and I enjoy that kind of aspect but uh, because they're designed for that challenge uh, I have a hard time with that and and not necessarily because like I don't have the ability to play them as much as I just don't want to put the time in yeah and that's just how it is I want to just play a game for fun so the co-op part is a huge thing for me um and so far, the the only two like Soulsborne style games that I've been able to get, like get into even a little bit was, in fact, Neo and um, Code Vein, just because they have that co op, and I wish it was a little more refined. So, yeah, it's just a weird system. I wish they would just fucking simplify it. So, like I said, like, I, the novelty of the difficulty of these games, I think for me, is worn off because when Dark Souls, Dark Souls Two, Dark Souls Three came out. It just fits the aesthetic. It's a dark, grim, scary world with scary monsters and the challenge is there and you feel like you're conquering things. And as the genre has grown, I, I still like the challenge aspect of it, but um, I don't play them for that. And for the most part, I don't get that feeling from most games anymore when it comes to that. Dark Souls has its own thing going on. Sekiro upped it. They they knew what they were doing. Mm. Everybody else is kind of emulating it, doing their own thing. I think Team Ninja does a great job on making Neo its own game. Um but the, some of the ideas they do borrow in that regard, I think, are useless in their game. I think they worked well. There's a mystery and allure to Dark Souls and its multiplayer because that game is not necessarily like it doesn't av- advertise itself as a multiplayer game. 
So it's more of like you can do multiplayer, but there's a system to it. It's mm -hmm. like a it's like a bonus, and it became more of a standard as the games kept coming out. But it's never been like the thing. But then you play like Neo, and I'm like, this would be such a good co-op game, mm -hmm. and it is. When you play with somebody, it's fucking dope. It feels awesome, specifically um, because it has loot and stuff, though. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's really cool, and you can play with three people in Neo. It'd be so cool to run around with three people, and like up up the fucking the damage that the boss does, like make it harder. It's fine. The game can still be challenging. The bosses are fucking ridiculous. They're all over the place. So, yeah. um, and it runs perfectly. So just make it just a legit co-op game um, for the fun factor. Because, yeah, I don't care about the challenge either. I'll eventually beat all the bosses and fucking I'll be like, yeah, some of them were tough. Some of them weren't. Whatever. But if I could play with friends, I think I would have more fun. So mm -hmm. not to say I'm not having fun. I'm, I'm having a blast with the game. I think it's awesome. But uh, just my one criticism of the genre really not just neo mm -hmm. um yeah then i also played or talked about animal crossing uh doom eternal i picked that up um that's really fun um although i, I have a weird i have all these games that keep going like well i'm not sure what i think yet but it's because i've been playing so many games in the last like four days I haven't really got to sit down and like absorb anything taste the fucking food right i'm just like going but um it's weird. Doom 2016 was totally different than Doom 3, obviously. It was a huge departure. Doom 3 was a survival horror game. Then Doom 2016 came out, and they're like, hey, let's make fucking rip and tear fucking uh, first-person shooter like the original, but in modern times. I think they nailed it. Doom 2016 is that game, and they did such a cool job with it. Um, although, storyline-wise, the game's kind of hollow, but I never expected much from Doom. I also never expected that from Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein 1 and 2 fantastic storylines fantastic storytelling this game feels totally different than doom 2016 and it's essentially the sequel um but like it's, it has more cinematics it has way more story which is not a bad thing it's just a completely different feeling but also it, it feels more gamey which is interesting so like doom 2016 felt like just like a a fast-paced hardcore shooter which i dig i i grew up playing doom quake all that shit unreal so you know it really it hits uh you know the right spot for me um and this game still has that as well but like every time you go into an arena to fight people there's like jump pads there's like monkey bars to swing off of and shit there's all these things around to shoot and blow up and like it feels like a, almost like a death match every time you go into a room which the first game kind of felt like that as well but and then when you kill people and stuff like there's a game to like the the melee and how to kill people to get certain things out of them, which the first game had as well. But like everything's super vibrant now, super colorful. Um, I watched a thing recently with uh, I forgot his name, Hugo, Hugo something, Hugo Martin. Um, it's so weird. When I talked to Dean Takahashi, he had just talked to Hugo Martin, and I saw Hugo Martin on Joe Rogan. I'm like, that's the guy. It's weird. I have like this weird. Not quite connection, but I've talked to dudes, who's talked to the dude. So I was like, that's weird. Um, anyway, he was talking about how, uh, and I think he's doing, he's talking PR like, but uh, he's like, you know, the killing in this game, it's just supposed to be ridiculous and fun. We don't want to take it too serious. We don't want to offend anybody. And I'm sitting there looking at it like, you're chainsawing through people's heads and shit. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I don't know how, you know, um, non-offensive you can really get with that. The game's not cartoony looking. It is vibrant, but it's not cartoony looking. Um, but anyway, he, him emphasizing that so much 
I think he's kind of full of shit. But also, <laughs> playing this game, I do sense a difference in a philosophy on making the game. They took all the ideas from 2016, but they made it less, I guess, realistic and gritty and try to make it a little more colorful and not zany because the game's not cartoony, but it, it does take itself less serious in the sense of its gore and its action. Um, so it's been it's been interesting going from the 2016 one to this one because they feel totally different. They play similar. Um, I do like the upgrade system to this one way more than the last one. The last one had some things to it. I was like, oh, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. You know, id for a while was stuck in the past. They didn't know how to do progression in games. They just wanted to make first-person shooters with, like, no leveling, no fucking unlocks, really. It's just like, you found the shotgun. Now you got the new shotgun. Oh, you found the crossbow. Now you got the crossbow. Um, and, you know, they've come a long way since then. But, um this game has a lot more upgrades than I was expecting. A lot of interesting ways to play. Um, a lot of grenade launcher on my shoulder shooting while flamethrower <laughs> on my other shoulders fucking burning people. Um, chainsawing through people and fucking shooting a shotgun and then turning into a full auto weapon where I go bop, 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 and like I'm jumping all over the place doing double jumps and shit. So it's, uh, it's kind of like Rage 2, which was kind of a disappointment to me. Rage 2 was. Um, the gameplay of Rage 2 is fucking awesome, and this feels the same. So it has very much carved itself out a really nice piece of like the FPS genre, mm-hmm. again, where all their FPSs play fucking awesome, regardless mm-hmm. of if the story is okay or not, or they ruined Wolfenstein with Youngblood, or they made Rage 2 kind of a hollow, vacant experience with awesome gameplay. Why is OBS doing that? I don't know. It's driving me crazy. Yeah. It keeps going, hey, you want to do something with this? No, we're just recording. Get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> Windows, god damn it. Um, always got to yell at Windows. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I, I want to stream it soon. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I just I can't. I'm not in love with it like a lot of people I've been talking to, but I guess it's only 15 hours and people have been beating it and saying it's fantastic and shit, which is cool. The more I have played it, the better it has gotten. So I just want to get to that point where I can also be like, fuck yeah, rip and tear, go crazy. (laughs) There's all these, well, dude, you go on Twitter and people are like, you only play Doom on the hardest fucking setting. If you don't do this, you don't deserve to play this game. Rip and tear, fucking kill. And I'm like, I'm like, where have you guys been? been i know the 2016 game did really well which was a surprise to me yeah and then there was just quiet people like yeah that was a good game and then this game started coming up and and then all these people i didn't know existed just came out fucking just bloodthirsty i'm like what have you been playing since 2016 if if i've learned anything from twitter uh in this last week outside of the obvious uh is that the two games that came out apparently just had very rapid fans so (laughs) Yeah, and then they merged them. <laughs> it's the fucking most bizarre thing. The whole Animal Crossing Doom merger. Yeah, it's weird. And I'm 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 all here for it. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny. There's like a heavy metal video with that little fucking like Isabel. Isabel on the drums or whatever, and it's just fucking Doom stuff. I'm like, I saw one today that someone made where it had uh, Doom guy, like Doom Slayer. Is that his name? Yeah. I don't play the game. So, well, on Twitter, they're fucking Doom Slayer ripping Doom Slayer's like going around the village and doing like planting trees and like 
<laughs> doing all the chores and stuff. And then it shows him like looking out in the distance with his helmet off, like wiping his forehead and some waves at him and he waves back. And then all of a sudden, like you start slowly hear this metal and you just see her smiling and destroying demons in hell. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? It's so weird because there's been so many games that have come out the same date. And normally people are like, ooh, that's going to be rough. But these two games are coming out and people are like, <laughs> they're fucking polar they fucking, opposites. They, yeah, they start. Well, but I guarantee it's happened before. But for some reason, these two games, everyone's like, <laughs> and he's like, connect the two. God, and it's cool. Ish. I think it's funny. But uh, it works, though. It works. I mean, I've been watching a lot of a lot of gameplay, people playing Doom, and it's that I like the juxtaposition of slashing enemies in half with your fucking chainsaw and then Skittles exploding out of them. <laughs> Yeah, which the first the first game, 2061, had the same system, but it wasn't like a rainbow going out of people. Like when I first saw it, I was like, what the fuck? And I was like running around fucking grabbing them off the ground. She's like, oh, give me these. But like, yeah, exactly. Like, mm. But uh, I was like, they really made this so you don't even have to think. Like, it's just and everything's flying. It's like hitting a fucking pinata or something. So. Maybe that's what Hugo was talking about. He's like, we don't want to make it so serious. Well, you fucking nailed it. Because every time I chainsaw through someone's fucking arm into their head, fucking skills go. You get a moment of gore followed by what the fuck? Yeah. It feels, it feels like it's slightly self-aware that it is a video game. Oh, the, that's what I'm saying. What I said in the beginning, it feels gamey. It feels like mm-hmm. just like when you play like um, Gran Turismo Forza, you're playing like a sim racer, even though I would argue Forza has always kind of been close to being arcade sim, whereas Gran Turismo is way more sim, and there's ones that are even more sim than fucking Gran Turismo. Um, Project Cars. Project Cars 2, <laughs> the Dark Souls of fucking car sims. Um, that game I can't play with controller. I have to use my wheel. Um, but, uh, fuck, what am I talking here? Um, but then you play in like an arcade racer, and... It feels like more of a game. It's mm. like, hey, we're here to have fun. We're playing a video game. And there's still fun in a sim. But like, you know, when you just kind of like any Nintendo game is embracing that you're playing a video game. You love Mario. He's he's the iconic character you're playing as. But you're still very much in a game where you're in a floating island running and jumping off shit, doing backflips, going woohoo and like collecting, you know, fucking shit. And it's just like it's so much very much just that game right you're not going mm-hmm. like oh i hope i hope mario survives and he saves everybody right you know you have to be a kid to think that most people are just like oh this shit's fun yeah that's where you're that's why you're there and every once in a while when we review things on this channel sometimes we go you know what it's just fun yeah sometimes games can just be fun and Earth uh defense force 100 that's i don't know man that shit captures uh uh an atmosphere that i've never had in a game before though <laughs> I'm looking at this. I'm looking at a city, a full city, full of people screaming and bugs climb over buildings. I'm like, no one has the balls to do this. <laughs> this is what <laughs> someone does. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, this game is like cheesy as shit, but they're actually doing it. Yep. This game exists and this dope as shit. But uh, but yeah, Doom Eternal feels way more like a self-aware, like Chris was saying, uh, game. Mm-hmm. As opposed to uh, 2016, where I feel like even they said, like in the multiplayer, they made they put the multiplayer in there. They're like, that's eh, pretty much you know standard multiplayer. It feels kind of like Quake to me, which I don't complain. Uh, Quake Champions is fun though, um, but this has a whole new multiplayer where it's like because they're they're making Doom Slayer into this big badass dude now. He's kind of taking over Master Chief at this point because Master Chief's not really coming out in games uh, very often anymore. But um, uh, since he's a badass. You're 
your two monsters playing against him in their in their multiplayer mode. Oh, yeah, I remember. And they have mm-hmm. their own right, right. powers and and strategies and stuff to essentially survive him. Right. And he's after both of them. And it's and they're like this is more of a doom experience. When you're the doom slayer, you're fucking killing all these enemies trying to beat the two bosses and the two bosses are trying to stop kill fucking doom slayer. And uh so even in that regard but also the game itself, it seems like they're trying to figure out what they're doing with Doom 2016, and now this is the direction they've decided on. Mm. So, because it, it, it takes a lot of the DNA from the last game, but has accepted certain things and went full on with them. So it's it's really interesting. So uh, definitely want to play it more, and I will. And then the last thing I played is Resident Evil 3 demo, um, which I beat way faster than I think I was supposed to. I had a bunch of people go like, "It's an hour long." I beat it in 25 minutes, which was weird. But that aside, I know uh, some of these games that keep going, I don't know how I feel about it. I got to play it further. I fucking love this demo. It's so good. <laughs> the game looks better than remake, Resident Evil 2 Remake. And that mm-hmm. game looks fantastic. Resident Evil 3 Remake is an incredible looking game that I'm like, this is the cap for this, this gen. This is almost next gen graphics. In fact, this game probably, you probably crank these fucking graphics up. I guarantee because they look so good on my PS4 Pro. I guarantee you can turn those graphics up higher for next gen or fucking PC. I mean, that is a beautiful engine. <laughs> it is gorgeous. I was looking, I was like, dude, this is so fucking, there's like, so there's not very many games right now where I'm like, okay, I'm ready for next gen. But that game, I'm like, this is, this is the best these consoles are going to be able to do. And then Final Fantasy seven, I'm like, this is the best graphics you're getting out of these consoles at this point. When fucking, uh, last of us part two comes out, Best graphics you're gonna have. like. It's such a good way to just end this console cycles with these fucking games this year. Um, but then I look at games like Boulder's Gate three and shit. And I'm like, that's a fucking gorgeous looking game. Yeah. That doesn't look like current gen game. So I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm getting excited about about new new consoles here. Um, outside of the graphics, which are fantastic, uh, gameplay is awesome. I was worried about the dodge. I think it's actually a really good mechanic in uh, in in this demo. Um, I watched a video of a guy. Like he was playing Monster Hunter or fucking Dark Souls. He was just dodging fucking Nemesis constantly. Nemesis would come running at him and go, Whoo. and he'd like fucking run past him. He starts shooting him. And then he goes swing at him. He fucking dodge out of the way. And then he starts stabbing him and shit. And I'm like, ah, I hope everyone doesn't do that. He literally was like, pop, 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 pop. And fucking Nemesis' head was doing this while I was stabbing him in the head. And I was like, that kind of cheapens the game a bit. I don't know. But, uh, I tried doing that. I wasn't doing that. I did pretty good. I dodged a couple of his attacks, but he still smacked me around a little bit. But I haven't learned his moves yet. Just like in Monster Hunter, you got to learn Nemesis's moves um, before you hunt him. But uh, <laughs> skip yeah. him for some armor. <laughs> I yeah. will. Maybe I'm gonna wear his fucking coat. Face. Give me that hat. I'm gonna wear that goddamn <laughs> coat. Um, take his guns and shit. Uh, but yeah, it. it like I already said it looks fantastic. But uh, voice acting is good. I like their redesign of the characters. Um, they are pushing a bit Jill being like a badass, which is cool. But like every time anyone talks to her, she's like, I know what I'm fucking doing. And I'm like, all right, easy. This is a scary situation for everybody. Um, but, uh, yeah, shooting feels good. It feels like it takes longer to, um, acquire your shot. If you move and then aim the reticles like this and then it goes. So you can't just start popping shots at people. It's not like a you know third person shooter in the sense of like a normal action game. Uh, Raccoon city looks awesome. I love going through uh, with the way it looks now, but also the areas are just way more alive feeling. Um, 
ironic since everything's dead. But um, <laughs> but the streets are just bigger, more realized. You're going in more locations. Um, it's just really neat. I, 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 I just can't wait to play this game. I was playing this. I already knew I couldn't wait to play this game. I played the demo, and it's it's better than I thought it was going to be. So, And like I said, last year, my second best game of the year was Resident Evil 2 Remake. So um, this game is pretty high on my hype list. Um, I'm still kind of blown away how fast they made it. Yeah, and it's fantastic. So. It, it it feels awesome. They added new features with like the dodge and stuff. Um, Capcom just throwing fucking money around lately. They're doing they're doing great, dude. And like, uh, yeah, the the demo is perfect. I mean, you start out, you get some dialogue with the story, what's going on. You go through some of the streets, you run into situations where there's more zombies than you were running into in Resident Evil Two, which happened in the original games as well. With the red barrels, you're like, ah, I don't have the ammo to kill all these zombies, and you shoot the red barrel and blow them up. There's a lot of strategy involved, which I dig. Um, a lot of dynamic events happening constantly, which the last game remake had as well. Really fun and interesting to kind of experience it like that. Um, you know, uh, going into different buildings and figuring out puzzles and finding, you know, things to fucking get through shit. And I, uh, towards the end, I, uh, I, f- I found the fire hose and you're supposed to use it cause there's a alleyway on fire and you're supposed to, um, spray it all down. And before you get there, fucking nemesis shows up. And uh, in my head, playing the prior original version, I was like, I'm not wasting ammo on you. So as soon as he showed up, he started doing all this crazy fucking kung fu shit at me. He's like <laughs> flying at me. And I run past him and he went over my head, hits the ground in front of me and slides. Fucking Tokyo Drifts turns at me and starts running at me. I'm like, oh, fuck. So I just like zip around him and I'm just running with my fire hose just like, no. And like he's chasing <laughs> after me. And as he's chasing after me, I fucking kick through the fence, go and use the fire hose, and then the uh, the cutscene starts, which he was like right behind me. Cutscene starts. She sprays down the fire. I walk two feet forward, and he comes punching through the wall in front of me. I'm like, you were just behind me, motherfucker. <laughs> and then the, the demo ended. Sorry if you haven't played it. It's a spoiler, I guess. But uh, um, yeah, I think because I didn't engage with him as much as maybe someone else who's like, I'm going to fuck this guy up. I'm going to fuck this big, big old bald guy up. Fuck this guy. Um, I was like, nope. And I just like ran right past him. <laughs> and it was like 25 minutes. I was like, I feel like I was supposed to play it longer. So maybe I skipped some shit. I don't know. But I went through that demo pretty quickly. Um, although I'm sure there'll be like speedrunners. She'll be like, I beat it in two minutes. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I've got the time. I don't got the time to beat it faster. Um, That's fair. Yeah. But it's very cool. Very cool. Very impressed. Uh, I'm in love with it, and I can't wait to play it. So, Damn, did you play that, Chris? Nope. Too spoopy? No, no, no. I just, I don't, uh, my current situation, I don't have my TV set up. Oh, uh, I feel it. Demo's on Steam. Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to download that. I want to see what it looks like on PC. Well, shit. <laughs> I want to see what it feels like with a mouse, dude, because fucking I'll be getting It's going to take me three hours to beat it. I'm just going to be crawling through everything. Just creeping. Yeah. Yep. I was just running because I was like, I already did this in, in Resident Evil 2 Remake. I'm just like, all right, zombies, where you at? I'm just running, waiting for them to pop <laughs> out and shit. Like, let's just get this over with. Come at me. Um, And yeah, that's, I think that's everything I've been playing. I really, really want them to, and we've said this a couple times now, but um, especially because I got the new engine now, like I want to see Lost Planet because I, oh, I like a, a, a good co-op game to play. 
um, from one of their properties, but I'm not a big Resident Evil fan, so I have Monster Hunter, obviously, but something else. Yeah, if you cool. were a big Resident Evil fan, I couldn't imagine playing it. Mm. Those games are dark as fuck, and there's goddamn zombies popping out everywhere. Oh, so they're designed to be stressful and scary. So these new ones are. They're like, <laughs> we're scary again. I'm like, you sure? Because I played Resident Evil four, five, and six. They're like, no, we we're scary again. <laughs> Plenty of dark places you're gonna be walking into, and we're gonna be tricking the fuck out of you. Oh, is he dead? Is he not dead? You better go check. Because we're going to do everything you think we're going to do. They're like, are they going to try to scare me here? They're like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. We're not going to tell you how, but we're definitely going to do something when you walk in that room. My God. You see that that guy over there? That one right there? He's dead. He's the one behind you, though. And he's dead, too. But there's one coming. See that wall right there? Who says we're not going to have someone break through it? (laughs) Just think about it. I don't know if we're going to do it. You might be fine. I don't know. Maybe the lights will stay on. Who's to say? Maybe you're fine. Maybe it won't be. Maybe go fuck yourself. Pretty much. <laughs> That's what those games feel like. I'm like, they're going to try and scare me. And they're like, mm-hmm. Every single room I go into, I'm like, here it comes. And they're like, yep. Be ready. I'm like, I'm not. I don't got the ammo for this shit. They're like, yeah, we didn't give you any. That's the point. <laughs> Anything else? No. Let us know in the comments what games have you guys been playing. Uh, what games are you enjoying right now? Are you playing demos? I've been playing demos lately. It's so weird. Um, and, uh, yeah, what games are you looking forward to? What games do you think we should be playing that we didn't play recently? Are you excited for Half-Life Alex? Somebody on Twitter was like, bro, there's going to be spoilers for the end of this game. Avoid them because the end of this game, holy shit. You don't want to see it. You want to play it. And I was like, ooh, that's some hype. Yeah. And a lot of people who aren't going to be able to access it. So yeah. Hopefully they sell some headsets. Yeah. But I was just like, that's what I want to hear. People have been waiting on Half-Life forever. And then they're like, it's a VR game. And they're like, no, you're going to want to see this ending. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. Hardy, uh talked to you about it. But have you seen the the GIF uh, showing off some of the, the VR physics? No. Oh, they're dope. I'm not even a Half-Life fan, but it was it was really neat. He's holding a, a stool, right? Yeah, he grabs the stool with both hands. Yeah, and then the, a head crab jumps at him, and he bl- hits him with the stool and throws him out a window. Yeah, it, fly, it flies <laughs> at him. He lifts the stool, and he catches the fucking head crab, and he just goes, and it's like momentum hits the chair, and he goes, and throws the thing out the window. I was like, holy shit, that's yeah. dope. Mm-hmm. Only in VR. Only You're in not VR. not doing that shit on yeah. the controller. Yeah, that's yeah. neat. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I got I, I got to set up my Vive. <laughs> I, that's the worst thing about VR, man. I don't have like a dedicated room for it, but I have all the I have all the shit. I just got to set it up. And I was like, I don't want to set it up, but I want to play that game. We have one set up in the living room here. So the, par- the parents really enjoy playing it. <laughs> so what he's saying is after two weeks, you can just go over there and play. <laughs> I almost got punched <laughs> in the face by both my mom and my stepdad. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I had to learn those lessons early on when I first got my VR headset because when I had people over here fucking trying out like you and everybody fucking, I would just like watch someone. I'm like, they don't know I'm here anymore. And I just like slowly back up because people are just like, uh. and I'm like, and I'm like swinging at TVs and shit. I'm like, VR is kind of dangerous. A little bit, a little bit. All right. So, uh, let's see. What do we got going on? I forgot what we're even fucking doing this episode. So, uh. Community member Keith 
suggested that we check out a video by Wolfheart FPS. Make sure to go check him out if you like this video uh, for all 12 classes in Baldur's Gate 3 Explained. This is an 18 minute video. The, this dude, Wolfheart FPS, uh, is going to talk about the 12 classes that are confirmed for Baldur's Gate so far, I assume. I watched a little bit of the video, so I think he's pretty legit. Um, and yeah, we're gonna watch this. Uh, thank you, Keith, for the suggestion. I always tell you guys, if you want us to react to something, talk about something, let us know in the comments, talk to me directly in the Discord. Uh, we have a gaming news section in there as well, so if you're like, hey, here's some gaming news that's interesting, throw it in there, and uh, we'll check it out. So, always appreciated. Um, before we watch this video, Chris, how uh, how familiar are you familiar are you with Baldur's Gate as a series? Baldur's Gate 3, have you followed, it, followed anything on it? Um, and yeah. Uh, I think I've played one Baldur's Gate game back on the PS2. That didn't count. Which one was? Isn't that That's one? That's Dark one? Alliance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fun game. They are fun, but it's not. It's not what this is. <laughs> it's a fun game. But that, <laughs> They're really fun. All I, I know. I like Dark Alliance. So I'll play the shit out of those games, but yeah, this is not what this is derivative of. <laughs> so. Yeah, this is uh, being made by Larian Studio, the same people who made um, Divinity Original Sin One Two. Okay. They pretty much took the genre that this this game series created or made popular, and they went like, "We own this now. This is ours." And then Wizards and of the Coast is do. like, "Yeah, you're right, but now <laughs> you're gonna work for us and make the same game you just made, but with our stuff," which is really kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, these guys are the best, the best. If you want someone to make a game like this right now, so yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure you know, but it's like a top-down uh, turn-based game. So anytime you get into mm -hmm. combat, it's kind of like XCOM. You're making people go and do shit. So, and it's uh, mm -hmm. it's kind of neat um, because a lot of the dialogue in this almost reminds me of like an old-school golden age of Bioware type thing, where it's like you know close-up cutscenes with really good facial animations, and like you're literally picking every reply to everything people say and stuff like that so you're fully having your own story being told and stuff like that so did you play dragon age origins no back on the ps2 maybe probably not okay this ain't for him apparently not he ain't feeling it <laughs> This game's this style of game is really neat but it's definitely like a pc style game oh so. yeah yeah and it's a game that like this isn't like I'll put like eight hours into it. It's like it's like a full on. Probably fucking just because I didn't have the PCs back in the day. Yeah, it's a PC game. It's actually um, you weren't here for it, but when we we did the reaction to, uh, it was a cut up reaction video mm -hmm. of of the gameplay presentation they did. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of talked about our past with PC gaming, and this is actually kind of this series specifically is is kind of like one of the pushing points that that at least for me got me to like go home and be like mom we need a pc so yeah i remember that yeah it was one of the first games we had mm. so yeah. yeah it's kind of a big deal series for me like historically which so. is really cool to see because before we went into it chevy was kind of skeptical on it because he was worried about he's worried about the people who own it um but after <laughs> we watched it his his whole attitude changed on it which was really kind of nice to see so hard to impress though yeah we, yeah, we got a comment. Someone's like, guy on the right seems kind of hard to impress. And I'm just like, yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> not me. You just go, hey, it's got co-op. I'm like, ooh, I'm very impressed. This is next-gen shit right here. Does it have a loot? Co-op. Co-op co and loot. I'm very impressed. 
Um, what was the other thing? I don't remember. Oh, uh, also, uh, Maneki Neko regularly comments on on the videos. Uh, he was saying that he also like kind of grew up with mm-hmm. uh, Baldur's Gate, which is interesting. So because these are you know age demographics, so I thought it was interesting that like you know other people that's kind of one of their origins of like PC gaming because it was one of those when it came out like one of those must own games because it was so I mean I still think it's ahead of its time by so much because it has a lot to of it. what it offered outside of like mo-capping and graphics is still pretty much the standard now. I mean, people still aren't really like giving you like the Dungeons and Dragons experience in a video game. And that, that was so, mm. Oh yeah. 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 Cause back then they're trying to emulate that. And then people later tried to streamline that mm. and into something that everyone will play. And it softened up the experience of trying to make a fully immersive game. And that's something that, um, Oh God, divinity, you know, throw out the window. We're like, no, 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 we're, we're making like the old school experience just with the best tech that For you sure. can get in a game like that nowadays. So, um, yeah. So with that all said, does anybody have anything to say before we watch this? Mm-mm. Chris doesn't got nothing to say. I'm excited. I like, I like, I love watching divinity gameplays. Yeah. Um, all right. You got your video ready, Chris? Yes. All right. Uh, three, two, one and go. Welcome, welcome. Come on in, guys. Gather around today. But John, not that close, buddy. Keep your distance. You know what's going on in the world right now. Yeah, yeah, go over. Don't be breathing on that pizza. I've never watched this guy, so I don't know what to expect. In today's <laughs> video, we're going to talk about the 12 guaranteed playable classes in Baldur's Gate 3. He's 13,000 subscribers, so make sure you give him subscribe if you like him. I'm finding out I react to this video and go. Welcome back, guys. Check it video, down. We're going to go over all of the playable classes that will be available on the official launch of Baldur's Gate 3, not just the early access. By the end of this video, I'm hoping that most of you will at least have an idea as to what class or classes you might be interested in playing. In future videos, I will dedicate an entire video to one or two classes specifically. So if you're interested in going into further details, stay tuned for that. If you guys end up enjoying this video, please subscribe for there's much more Baldur's Gate 3 content on the way. Let's get right into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Barbarian. A Barbarian's defining characteristic, regardless of what race you may be, is their rage. A power that fuels not just battle frenzy, but also uncanny reflexes, resilience, and feats of strength. To a barbarian, being strong is about embracing your animal nature keen instincts, primal physicality, and ferocious rage. They thrive in the wilds of their homelands, whether it be the tundra, jungle, or grasslands where their tribes live and hunt. A barbarian comes most alive when in the chaos of combat. They can enter a berserk state where rage takes over, giving them superhuman strength and resilience. Although this rage can only be channeled a few times without resting, those few rages are usually enough to defeat whatever threat arises. When playing as a barbarian, you will end up choosing between two paths. The path of the Berserker or the path of the Totem Warrior. The path of the Berserker is a path of untrammeled fury. As you enter the Berserker's rage, you thrill in the chaos of battle, heedless of your own health or well-being. The path of the Totem Warrior is a spiritual journey as you accept a spirit animal as your guide, protector, and inspiration. In battle, your Totem Spirit fills you up with supernatural might, adding magical fuel to your rage. If you play a Barbarian, you will be naturally proficient in light armor, 
medium armor, shields, simple weapons, and martial weapons. Simple weapons, for those who are unfamiliar, are weapons such as clubs, maces, and other weapons often found in the hands of commoners. Martial weapons Baseball are weapons gas. such as swords, axes, and arms, weapons that typically require more specialized training to use effectively. For your saving throws, you will be proficient in strength it's and constitution. Based, right? And for yeah, skills, yeah. you choose Forgot two from animal handling, yeah, like I said, they took divinity nature, two, essentially, and then and went survival. make a D &D. Keep in mind, guys, that you may Got become proficient in more things in the game with your class. The proficiencies that I am stating are what you get at the foundation of the class you choose. Race, background, and just progressing in the game may allow for more proficiencies. The Bard. Whether a scholar, Seduce scald, or scoundrel, everyone. a bard weaves magic through words and that music to inspire allies, demoralize foes, yeah, manipulate minds, create illusions, and, and even heal wounds. Really the bard is a master today. of song, bards speech, the and the magic they contain. The, the greatest strengths of bards is their sheer versatility. That's Many bards prefer to stick to the <laughs> sidelines in combat, using their magic to inspire their allies and hinder their foes from a distance. But bards are capable of defending themselves in melee if necessary, using their magic to bolster their swords and armor. Their spells lean towards charms and illusions rather than blatantly destructive spells. Bards become masters of the talents they set their minds to perfecting, from musical performance to esoteric knowledge. The bard is naturally proficient in light armor, simple weapons, hand crossbows, long swords, rapiers, and short swords. Later, as your bard progresses, you may be able to become proficient with medium armor, martial weapons, and shields. They are also proficient in some tools, which will most likely be three musical instruments of your choice in Baldur's Gate 3. For saving throws, they are proficient in dexterity and charisma, and for the skills, they can choose any three Looks skills. Like going to the battlefield of the tuba. The cleric. Clerics are intermediaries between the mortal world and the distant planes of the gods. They strive to embody the handiwork of their deities as they are imbued with divine Enjoy magic. Their divine magic might be learned you know, from formulaic prayers and ancient rites, but the ability to yeah. cast cleric spells relies on devotion and an intuitive sense of a deity's wishes. Clerics combine the helpful magic of healing and inspiring their allies with spells that harm and hinder foes. For foes who might benefit most from a mace to the head, clerics can depend on their combat training to let them jump into combat with the gods on their side. When creating your cleric, you will choose from one of seven divine domains, which will be your subclass in Baldur's Gate 3. Your divine domain will essentially offer you more spells apart from your prepared spells list and offer you extra bonuses. The seven domains are knowledge, life, light, nature, tempest, trickery, and war. An example of one of these this domains guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about. the trickery domain, yeah. you will learn extra I mean, spells just read such as charm list, person like or disguise self. So. If you choose the tempest domain, you will learn fog cloud, gust of wind, etc. I will go into details on subjects like guy. these in future class specific videos. Clerics are naturally proficient with light Goblin armor, man. medium armor, shields, shit, and simple please. weapons. Their saving throw proficiencies are wisdom and charisma, and for skills you will be choosing two from history, insight, medicine, persuasion, and religion. The Druid Whether calling on the elemental forces of nature or emulating the creatures of the animal world, druids are an embodiment of nature's resilience, cunning, and fury. Druids see themselves as extensions of nature's indomitable will. They gain their spells and other magical powers from like either druids. the forces of nature themselves or a nature deity. Playing as a druid will allow you to use a variety of spells aimed towards nature and animals yeah, never really and also allow you to gain the ability to take on animal forms. 
when playing as a druid, you will be preparing Skinwalkers. spells and using wisdom as your spellcasting ability. Mm -hmm. There will be two druid circles to choose from as your druid progresses. The circle of the Skins land and the circle of the moon each of which offer different spells and bonuses. The circle of the land is more focused on spellcasting, while the circle of the moon is more focused on shape changing. Now guys, if some of the terms used in this video, such as prepared spells, proficiencies, etc., you do not understand, go back on my channel and make sure to watch some of the beginner's guides that will help you get a better understanding of the terminology being used in this video. A druid's natural proficiencies are light armor, medium armor, and shields, all of which will be non-metal based. They are proficient in clubs, daggers, like darts, javelins, maces, quarterstaffs, scimitars, like sickles, slings, and cool spears. A, um, for saving throws, they are proficient in intelligence RTS, and wisdom. And for skills, they choose two well, from I mean, arcana, yeah, animal handling, um, like insight, this. medicine, nature, um, perception, religion, and survival. Based off the, the book. Fighter. And uh, as a so of fighter, course I played that, but it was like the first time I ever saw physics of being able to shove people off of the buildings and shit. Combat. Whether a questing knight, elite foot like, soldier, royal champion, this, or a hardened mercenary, your skills with weapons in combat will be respected as a fighter. Fighters learn the basics of all combat styles, and they are adept with shields in every type like of armor. Fighters. Beyond that basic degree of familiarity, each fighter will specialize yeah. in certain styles of combat. Some might focus on archery, while others focus on dual wielding. So and some might even augment fighter, their martial skills so. with magic. Mm -hmm. As a fighter, you, you will choose a martial archetype, a which are different <laughs> approaches to perfecting your fighting prowess. The choices are Champion, which focuses on raw development of physical power, the Battlemaster, which looks upon combat as an academic field, and Eldritch Knight, which combines the martial mastery common to all fighters with magic. Spell there light. might be more available in the game, but these are the basics and will certainly be choices. As a fighter, you will be naturally proficient in all armor, shields, simple weapons, and martial weapons. For saving throws, you will be proficient in strength and constitution. And for skills, you will choose two skills from acrobatics, animal handling, athletics, history, insight, intimidation, perception, and survival. The Monk. Monks are united in their ability to magically harness the magic energy that flows in their bodies. Whether channeled as a striking display of combat prowess or a subtler focus of defensive ability and speed, this energy infuses all that a monk does. If you choose to play unarmed, your unarmed strikes become deadly when channeled through the magic powers within the body. As a monk, you will end up choosing a monastic tradition. The way of the open hand tradition will make you the ultimate masters of martial arts combat, whether armed or unarmed. The way of the shadow tradition will make you masters of stealth, and you may serve as spies or assassins. The way of the four elements will focus your monk on harnessing the elements, whether it be a single element or weaving them all together. The Monks are not proficient like with any armor initially, but are proficient with simple weapons and short swords. They will be able to become proficient in one type of artisan tools or one musical instrument. For saving throws, they are proficient in strength and dexterity. And for skills, they choose two from acrobatics, athletics, history, insight, religion, and stealth. Man, this is a really in-depth The game. Paladin. Paladins are united by their oaths yeah. to stand against. He does the say in the comments that he is just saying what classes. Is a powerful bond, I don't know how he knows. A source of power that turns a devout warrior but, um, into a blessed champion. Uh, a paladin he's explaining swears what they are in D &D, essentially. And he, he also says in the comments that not everything he says will make it. Although many paladins are devoted to gods of good, paladin's power comes from a commitment to justice itself, as it does from a god. 
The paladin prepares spells know, each day and will also take sacred life. oaths this is all as he or she for progresses. Sure. Yeah. These oaths <laughs> will bring about new spells as bonuses. The Couldn't oath of devotion will give your paladin said, spells said such this. as lesser restoration and sanctuary. Who? The oath of ancients will give spells <laughs> such as ensnaring strike and moonbeam. And the oath of vengeance gives you spells such as the hunter's mark and hold person. A paladin's natural proficiencies are in all armor, shields, simple weapons, and martial weapons. Their saving throw proficiencies are wisdom and charisma, and for skills they choose two from athletics, insight, intimidation, medicine, persuasion, and religion. The Ranger. Warriors of the wilderness, rangers specialize in hunting the monsters that threaten the edges of civilization. They learn to track their quarry as a predator that, does, dude? moving stealthily through owl? the wilds and hiding themselves <laughs> in bush and rubble. Their Man's familiarity pissed. with the wilds allow them to cast spells that harness nature's power, much like the druid does. Their spells, like their combat abilities, emphasize speed, stealth, and the hunt. You will choose a fighting style for your ranger, which can be archery, defense, dueling, or two-weapon fighting. You will also at some point end up choosing a ranger archetype, the hunter or the beastmaster. The hunter's path will allow you to learn specialized techniques for fighting the threats that you face, from ogres to hordes of orcs to giants and dragons. The beastmaster archetype embodies an extraordinary friendship between the ranger and a special beast. A ranger's proficiencies are light armor, medium armor, shields, cool. simple weapons, and martial weapons. Sounds like a Their saving very throw proficiencies are strength and dexterity. And for skills, you can choose three from animal handling, athletics, insight, investigation, nature, perception, stealth, and survival. The rogue. Rogues rely on skill, stealth, and their foes' vulnerabilities to get the upper hand in any That's situation. They have a knack for finding yeah, the solution to just about any problem, demonstrating a resourcefulness and versatility that is the cornerstone of any adventuring party. Some rogues might focus on stealth and deception, while others refine the skills that help them in a dungeon environment, such as climbing, finding and disarming traps, or opening locks. With the rogue, you will choose a rogue archetype, which will be a reflection of your focus, a description of your preferred techniques. You can be a thief, which hones his or her skills in the larcenous arts, an assassin who focuses their training on the grim art of death, or an arcane trickster who enhances their stealth and agility with magic, learning tricks of enchantment and illusion. The rogue's proficiencies are light armor, simple the, uh, weapons, hand crossbows, long swords, like rapiers, and short swords. They also have proficiency useful, in thieves' tools. Uh, For saving throws, they rely on dexterity and intelligence. Yeah, For their skills, you choose four from acrobatics, athletics, deception, insight, intimidation, investigation, perception, performance, persuasion, sleight of hand, and stealth. Yeah, they are a skilled like a class. For the utility purposes. The sorcerer. Yeah. Sorcerers carry a magical birthright, some otherworldly influence or exposure to unknown cosmic forces. Mm -hmm. Magic is a part of every sorcerer, suffusing body, mind, and spirit with latent power that waits to be tapped. Some sorcerers wield magic that springs from an ancient bloodline infused with the magic of dragons. Others carry a raw, uncontrolled magic within them, a chaotic storm that manifests in unexpected ways. They do not rely on spellbooks like wizards, nor a patron like warlocks do, but instead they learn to harness and channel their own inner oh, yeah, thing. Different sorcerers claim different <laughs> origins for their innate magic. Your magic might come from a draconic bloodline, which means your magic comes from draconic magic that was mingled with your blood and that of your magic. Which is when your innate magic comes from the it. forces of chaos no that underlie the order of creation. 
The sorcerer has no proficiency in armor, but is proficient with daggers, darts, slings, quarterstaffs, and light crossbows. Their saving throws are proficient in constitution and charisma. And for skills, they choose two from arcana, deception, insight, intimidation, persuasion, and religion. The Warlock Warlocks are seekers of knowledge that lies hidden in the fabric of the multiverse. Through packs made with mysterious beings and supernatural power, warlocks unlock magical effects both subtle and spectacular. Warlocks are defined by a pack with an otherworldly being. The warlock learns and grows in yeah, power at the cost of occasional services performed on the patron's the behalf. Their magic ranges pocket. from minor but lasting alterations to the warlock's being, such as the ability to see in darkness or read any language, to access to very powerful spells. Warlocks also supplement their magic with some facility at hand-to-hand -hand combat and are comfortable in light armor and know how to use simple weapons. At first level as a warlock, you will strike a bargain with an otherworldly being of your choice. The Archfey, the Fiend, or the Great Old One. The this will be your subclass yes. in Baldur's Gate 3. If you so choose the Archfey, your patron is a lord or lady of the Fey, a creature of legend who holds secrets that were forgotten before the mortal races were born. You will gain more spells to your spells list, such as Sleep, Blink, and Dominate Beast. <laughs> if you choose to go with a Fiend, you have made a pact with a Fiend from the lower planes of existence, a being whose aims are evil. You will add spells to your list, such as Burning Hands, Blindness, and Fireball. If you go with the Great Old One, your patron is a mysterious entity whose nature is utterly foreign to the fabric of reality. You will gain spells such as Dissonant Whispers, Detect Thought, and Telekinesis. Yes. As you progress as a warlock, you will gain Eldritch invocations to choose yes. from, which Hear are fragments whispers. of forbidden Hear knowledge them. that imbue you with an abiding magical ability. Many Eldritch invocations have prerequisites that need to be met before you can learn them, and many of the invocations are buffs slash bonuses to spells that you have already learned. A warlock is proficient in light armor and simple weapons. Their saving throw proficiencies are wisdom and charisma, and for their skills you choose two from arcana, deception, history, intimidation, investigation, nature, and religion. The Wizard Wizards are supreme magic users, defined and united as a class by the spells they cast. Drawing on the subtle weave of magic that permeates Gandalf? the cosmos, wizards no, cast spells of explosive well. fire, arcing lightning, very, uh, subtle deception, and brute force mind control. Their magic conjures edition, monsters from other planes of existence, not good low level characters, or turns slain foes into zombies. Their mightiest spells change one substance into another, call meteors down from the sky, or open portals to other worlds. As a wizard, you will have a spell book containing the spells you will be able to use. The list of spells will grow substantially as you progress in the game the and gain new levels music. of knowledge. As a wizard, you will be able to learn the most spells out of any class by as far, a wizard, you, go to you will school, still be Harry. limited by the amount I mean, you can prepare each yeah, day. I mean, Upon reaching level 2, it may or may not be level 2 in Baldur's Gate 3, you, you will then choose an arcane tradition yeah, which Jedi will shape your safe. practice of magic yeah. through one of the eight schools. Abjuration, Conjuration, Divination, Enchantment, Evocation, Illusion, Necromancy, or Transmutation. The wizard has no proficiency in armor, but is proficient in daggers, darts, slings, quarterstaffs, and light crossbows. Their saving throw proficiencies are Intelligence and Wisdom, and for their skills you choose two from Arcana, History, Insight, Investigation, Medicine, and Religion. And those are the 12 playable classes that will be available in Baldur's Gate 3. There could end up being more, but these 12 are guaranteed, and I'm assuming at official launch these will be the only classes. Some things are subject to change regarding the classes, but this is most definitely the basics for how each class will generally be in Baldur's Gate 3. 
In early access for Baldur's Gate 3, there will be only six classes. Fighter, Wizard, Rogue, Ranger, Cleric, and Warlock. Stay tuned, guys, for there's still so much to talk about regarding the classes, and I have a lot of plans for doing many more videos. Thanks so much for watching, guys. If you guys enjoyed the video, please like, comment, and subscribe. I really appreciate it. It's a huge help to my videos. Me too. All sorts of videos on this channel, mm -hmm. ranging from comedy videos. All right. What do we think? Tutorials to game reviews to product reviews. Um, and it'd be great to see some of you guys on this It's definitely a, video. Uh, a good Until video for people time. who are unfamiliar with Dungeons & Dragons, uh, specifically with 5th Ed. So there was some stuff in there I got to learn. Um, but as far as like Baldur's Gate itself, obviously, you know, he's saying uh, those classes as far as D&D &D goes, but not necessarily as far as Baldur's Gate 3 goes. So um, so I didn't really take a lot away from it, but it, it's good for people who maybe are unfamiliar. So mm -hmm. It was a nice reminder to see, because I'm, I'm pretty familiar with D&D &D as well, not as well as you are, but I've played it before. But um, uh I, I always kind of forget how much there is to the amount of classes there are, but also like the subclasses to each one. Um, how many like magic users there are with subclasses to that. And like, you know, how many different types of fighters there are and what kind of weapon variants they are even proficient in and stuff like that. Because, you know, some games it's just like, well, that's the guy with the sword and the shield. That's the guy who attacks quickly and does a lot of crit. That's sure. the one who nukes. That's the one who heals. And so um, I, getting that reminder of like just how, how much um, nuance there is to the classes in D&D. Because I'm pretty out of the loop as well. Like I don't play D&D &D games. I don't play D&D &D as it is now. I've never played Fifth Ed either. Um, I think we dabbled a little bit. But yeah. I in don't Fifth? Know. It was either I Fourth. fourth. It might have been Fourth. Third or Fourth. Because yeah. I, yeah. uh, I was trying to get an internet game started with Chris and Josh at least. Um, but scheduling is always, that's the bane of pen and paper games, man. Mm. So, yeah. 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 That's sure. the perfect time to start one up. Pretty much. Yeah. We started a fucking uh, category in the Discord and fucking just have a D&D &D session in Discord. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed if there was people interested. Oh, so. I'm, I'm sure there's people right now going, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> We can play, play with you guys. <laughs> I'm sure I guarantee somebody would want to do it. So um, let us know. Yeah. Let us know in the comments. I can even record it. We can fucking do it as a show. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, first off that, that guy's video, Wolfheart FPS, I think his name was, uh, I, I think he did a good job at first. I was like, oh, this guy's a fucking trickster. He's a jokester. I can't take this guy serious, but the information was good. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, it also kind of got me excited for Baldur's Gate three, even more, uh, remembering, you know, the, the, the different classes. And, and even while he's talking, I was like, man, I, I would want to play that. Uh, I could play that. That sounds cool. Not my style, not my style. Oh yeah. That one's cool. Like, so I'm kind of excited to get in there and make a character now. So. Although, I don't know if I want to buy this early access or wait till it's finished. Because a game like that, I don't really want to have a limited experience. I want the whole thing. Yeah, I keep tossing the idea of, of, of doing it. And I, I like know, the idea of supporting it. Yeah. Because um, I do kind of want to play around with it. But I don't want to invest a lot of time into it. Yeah. Because um, I, I hear that 100%. And the other thing I'm kind of curious about, too, is um, in in uh, older D&D &D games on PC, you could play co-op. Um, whoever was hosting was playing the story and everyone else was just a party member and they got to, to have like input, like in conversations, not to the extent divinity has, but, um, so I really hope 
they keep that too because I would very much so like to just play essentially a campaign. I think it'd be really weird if they so. didn't do that because Divinity's already done it mm-hmm. um, really right. well to the point where they thought of things that I hadn't seen in games like that before. Yeah. In fact, we should play Divinity 2 sometime. We should. It we should also play Temtem, and we should also play <laughs> more Code Vein. Don't and... get me started. <laughs> Don't get me started. Um, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I would be down to play something like that, but obviously that needs to be kind of like planned ahead because it's going to take a day. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not a game you can go like, yeah. oh, let's get a couple matches in. Um, yeah. Chris, thoughts? Um, like you said, it's a, it's a good primer for people who are not familiar with the fifth edition. I think fifth edition is the one I have had the most we experience sultry, with. Chris. Oh, <laughs> I can hear it happening. You were talking, kind of sound like you, and they start going deeper and Whoa. deeper. And I was like, "Oh shit, it's happening!" The full moon <laughs> must be out. <laughs> so we gotta start playing some fucking jazz. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not trying to interrupt you. No, you're fine. You're fine. I, I, I have. I think I have a solution. If you give me a sec, I can try to fix it. If you want to, we can go like this. I don't care either way. <laughs> but uh, for anybody watching, uh, Chris, Chris's setup, since he was in California and now that he's back in Washington, there's something that happens with it where every once in a while his microphone decides he doesn't sound sultry enough and it likes to just go, let's tweak that a bit. And it does. And it's always a pleasant surprise for everybody. And now our OBS is doing some weird shit. This this is a cursed episode. <laughs> but yeah. So do we have? Oh, we don't even have audio with Chris now. <laughs> you should probably try to fix that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I. Uh, <clears throat> I really hope though when they 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 do you know, release this game full that they already said they have that, that mode with the, um, the stories, the short stories, essentially with all the, the, the main characters in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna have the main campaign where you get to make your own character type of deal. So yeah, I, I really want to see multiplayer implementation in that regard. And I also want to see if they can, cause I know like Neverwinter Nights did this and stuff where like you could actually run like a campaign and someone's actually like, plopping down the monsters and the loot and stuff like that while people are playing so you have like a dm while people yeah are playing. I, that was such a ambitious idea when they first did it and they didn't quite nail it but i know some people who really enjoyed it uh but doing that nowadays i feel like you could really fucking nail that i mean this is a weird like example but that resident evil multiplayer is kind of like that's that. literally what i thought of when you're talking yeah, about it so when uh, i when i watch people or when i watch the trailers of that i think of like D almost because somebody's yeah. like placing enemies and shit even uh doom eternal when you're playing as the demons you can place enemies and stuff it, it, so which i think is a, a neat thing. concept it yeah. is yeah um and it's been tried like you said you know it's been tried before but never like felt that great yeah uh tech is way better now so they should just have like a loose map editor with loose parameters of how to make like a, uh, you know, a level or whatever, mm. and then have active control while people are playing or whatever. I don't know how well it'd work, but fucking, I'm sure they could figure it out for sure. I agree. There he is, and perfect, awesome. And we were able to <laughs> talk the whole we're time. We're able to do that without me having to edit this, which I am very thankful. Because <laughs> um, I'd like to do some things tonight outside of just edit and <laughs> upload and go to bed. <laughs> But uh, Chris, thoughts on that without going deep? 
like I said, it, it's a good, like you guys said as well, it's a good primer for people who aren't familiar with 5th edition and their character stats. I've dabbled most, mostly in 5th edition. I've never really played a game um, in it. It's just, it's fun. I, I, it, it's really familiar to me, and I'm excited for it. Yeah. What do you guys want to play in it? I'll probably... Probably start off like most games like this. I always start off with some kind of fighter type character, barbarian, just because I feel like that's a really good base of like, not necessarily simple, but like playing magic users always have a little bit more to them or like playing uh, some kind of assassin thief type character is probably going to have more strategy involved than just going, I'm going to hit you with my sword and hope I hit and kill you. Um, so I always like to start a game like this with a character like that. Um, I also like Rangers. I think they're always kind of a cool, like diverse character because they have a lot of different things going on. They're not quite like a fighter, not quite a ranged person, even though they have that capability, you know, with D and D you can have a pet, which is cool. Um, they're good, like kind of Jack of all trades in my opinion, uh, with an emphasis of not being like a barbarian for um, sure. And not really a magic user, but like, yeah. uh, but, you know, there's a lot of tools. And I in a game that's tactical um, or even D&D, which, you know, everyone, it's all mental, so it's all tactical, but um, strat- strategic, um, I like having utilities. Whereas if you play like a barbarian, you're pretty much going to be being a brute through every situation. And, like, in a situation that's not even combat, you're going to be, like, fucking using you're going to be rolling dice to kick doors open and shit, but that's about it. Where hey, someone else, you're finessing shit more than like just going, Oh, this guy ain't talk to me. Right. Oh, fucking this door's on my way. Oh, there's I don't guys talking shit. Half Ugh. those words you said to me are, and I am offended. I don't understand you have your to language. Die now. <laughs> I'm going to pound these beers. Um, I don't know. See, my big thing is that these games are usually really good about giving you a fighter in your group really early on. Oh yeah. Too. They always do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it always kind of makes me want to play one of the weird ones. So, um, I, it's weird. Is not the right word, but something, something outside of, of the, the, the easy affairs of like, you know, a fighter is, is pretty straightforward, you know? So, um, I think I'd probably do something like a uh, utility class. So either like your ranger or your rogue or something mm-hmm. like that, just to kind of be able to play around with the systems while I have NPCs that they're going to give me that are more designed for, um, you know, specific uh, uses or combat. So, there's a certain allure to the idea of being a monk hand to hand. I've always wanted yeah. to try it. And I've never had an opportunity. So, punching your way without fucking me ooging them. <laughs> one, to, to bring up the novels again. There's there's uh, one where they have a a monk character and listening to the way like monks are in D anD D in those books. I was just like, man, that seems a lot cooler than like my initial idea of a monk you know so same thing with druids thing. too I the same so. thing with Final Fantasy 14 mm-hmm. monk and that you're doing like backflips all sorts of crazy shit yeah and, and and i'm a cat boy so it's just like this is a monk <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i don't know i uh i think dungeons dragons does a very good job of of making interesting types in fact i think the most um plain one is fighter and fighter's still fun because you just get to go i want to be really good at this weapon and all of a sudden you're just like i am god well that's what they are they're a weapons master essentially (laughs) yeah so because the barbarian is also a fighter not on a class level but like in a vague sense their perks Um, come from temporary moments but it's but it's exertion it's brutality yeah Yeah, just boom boom Mm -hmm. boom i'm gonna fucking wreck shit whereas a fighter you just have that availability to go like i want to be good with weapons i really like the idea of having access to weapons yeah um Whereas, like, you know, with a barbarian, you're probably going to be using a fucking hammer, a big-ass sword, a fucking axe. Well, you're just not going to feel damage. You're going to go in there, and people are going to be beating the shit. You're like, I don't care. 
Yeah. And then later you're like, that was a bad idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> fucking swinging that X. So, yeah, I don't know. Probably, I think probably Rogue is where I'm, I'm leaning right now because I like the idea of uh, disarming traps, opening locks, pickpocketing, stuff like that. So, I think I'm going to play Ranger. Sounds really cool. Chris? Typically I play Druid, um, but listening to them talk about the warlock sounds really fun i like i like being characters that can like manipulate the battlefield mm. or like confuse enemies and make them like walk off cliffs on their own <laughs> so i can yeah. laugh at them for being stupid so you like being manipulative sure hey you should do this for me <laughs> dungeons and dragons has some crazy spells so yeah 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 so Cthulhu, no standard affair here. Really, just, I mean, I was just probably sending the most whispers into people's brains, making them think they hear things. You probably do it. I mean, there's a ethereal probably. hands you can fucking have shove people off cliffs and shit. So and pick stuff up <laughs> for you. Yeah. Yeah. It. It's pretty neat. It's very strange, uh, though. Yeah, it's utility, which is something yeah. I think a lot of video games when they're trying to replicate Dungeons and Dragons forget the utility stuff. Like D and D is just full of like being able to just do things. Yeah. So it's pretty. There's quite a bit to it. So, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. Anything else you guys want to say on that? No. You guys excited? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Yeah. Let's know the comments. Uh, what do you think about first off, Baldur's Gate three? What are you excited about it when it comes to that? But when it comes to the classes, the twelve classes you talked about, uh, the confirmed classes, uh, the six that are going to be out for the early access. Which ones are you excited for? Which ones are you least excited for? Which one are you probably going to play as the first time you play through? Which one are you excited to play as? Uh, which ones would you like to see? Uh, maybe there's more classes you'd like to see in the game. Uh, what's your favorite D and D class in general? And have you played D and D before? Um, the actual game, and uh, yeah, let's know everything you're thinking about when it comes to D and D, Baldur's Gate three, and the classes in the comments below. It's that time of Taste Cast where we take you guys' comments and we respond to them. Uh, so if you want to be uh, want your comment on the show uh, and you want extra consideration of us picking your comment, because I'm gonna start fine-tuning it down to about five comments an episode. Uh, Make sure to put in uh, hashtag AskTLG. Some of you guys get creative with it. I still count that. Um, As long as it says TLG and I pretty much know that's the gist of it, uh, I will consider your comment um, to be on the show. So make sure to type in hashtag AskTLG on your comment if you want us to uh, discuss it on the show. Um, Yeah, and then we kind of recap the episodes that came out prior, and I actually put out quite a bit of episodes this week. So, uh, yeah, first one we will be going through is uh, my episode on Horizon Zero Dawn coming to PC, which was rumored for a while. It is confirmed that is a Sony uh, first-party game coming to PC, finally. I also talked about Reggie coming to GameStop. He is uh, on the board of directors for uh, GameStop, a company that is uh, was unwilling to shut down over recent events. But they did it. Um, so, yeah, that was interesting. And then uh, Warzone, when that was still coming out for everybody. But it's out and everybody's played it so far. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I talked about Horizon Zero Dawn coming out for PC. Something I felt was a good thing. Games came out for three years. I'm excited to see what it looks like on PC. I'm excited for people on PC to play this. 
uh, game. Um, but exclusivity is always a really interesting topic that comes up. And it seems like there's two different camps for it. And sometimes people can get a little extreme about it. Uh, not implying that the comment we're going to read is extreme. I think it's a fair comment. Uh, but it is a conversation I've had a lot on Twitter, a lot. And some people instantly get very angry as soon as this co- this conversation even starts. If you don't agree with them, they get fucking pissed. Um, so exclusivity is a really interesting thing. Specifically with Sony because... So one of Sony's big strengths is is their since PlayStation is their exclusive lineup. Yeah. I mean they are fucking legendary for it. Um, so uh, people who are very big Sony fanboys are very protective of that, and people who are not Sony fanboys uh, are less impressed with it most of the time, uh, or they don't care about it as much, um, and so they don't see a value in it a mm. lot of times. It seems so the conversation is always very interesting. So with that said. Uh, like I said, I, I said it was, a, in my opinion, a good thing that's coming to PC. I'm excited to see it. But I also think that they should reserve um, in the current climate of consoles and how they are. It's going stream eventually, streaming games. So we'll see where it goes. But as of it, as it is right now, I think it's a good thing to have exclusives for your console to entice people to come to your console. Um, with that, we got a comment from Great Gouda. Thank you for your comment. Uh, saying... Horizon coming to PC is absolutely wonderful. Exclusives have served no purpose but to divide platform communities and does not add to competition except for the ego feud between Microsoft and Sony, which Microsoft seems to have grown out of thanks to Xbox Game Pass now on PC. The competition should come from the hardware performance and power versus cost as the whole basis behind them is affordable gaming dashboard quality options you have at your disposal not the game excluding pc due to the fact that the pc isn't uh, as affordable as consoles are although they have become a lot more affordable in recent years as opposed to when i was younger they were like way out there you can get a a gaming console at pretty decent price nowadays uh i am aware of the fact some games just aren't built for pc or console however uh and thus only release on one platform as a result uh dark souls is a good example and while on pc ultimately to have the best experience, you should play with the controller. Uh, so it's uh, fine that some games just can't uh, unless they fundamentally rework the core of those games, which is okay because it's a work of or a lot of work. Uh, however, games that are perfectly viable on PC uh, but just don't come because of uh, contracted deals, it's just tiresome. I want to enjoy God of War. I want to play Gears of War 2 and 3 on PC, but I can't. Thankfully, all of the Halo games are coming to PC in a trickle. If exclusives died tomorrow, I'd be overjoyed. The console wars has been completely juvenile, uh, at least to me, who's been observing them since it started. So, uh, they seem to think that, or their opinion, if I can even summarize it, is that they don't like the idea of uh, exclusives. They want to be able to play these games on everything, and they don't see a point in it. Um, let's see. So, yeah, I mean, what, what do we think about that? <clears throat> um, well, like you said, thank you for the comment. Um, mm-hmm. And I do see this a lot, too, uh, on most social medias whenever it's brought up. So, um <sighs> I think there's multiple ways to look at this. I think as a consumer, you want to be able to have the box of your preference and play everything on it. And I completely understand that mindset. Um, it is better for us, the consumer, to to have um, ease of access to the games we want to play. I do also understand from a business perspective that you need a reason to sell your stuff. Um, why would... I buy a PlayStation. Why would I buy an Xbox? Why would I buy a PC, a Nintendo Switch, whatever, um, over the other thing? 
uh, if you could just buy the most powerful one, right? And then play everything on it. Um, I think the biggest argument when it comes to this for people who typically don't like the idea of exclusives, and I'm not even saying I love the idea of exclusives. I just, it's, it's like a fucking machine that just exists, right? You have to break the system to get out of that machine because as it right now exists, exclusives matter. They matter, and so as a business, why would you not do them? Mm. But um. But it's God. I keep forgetting what the fuck I'm talking about in the middle of talking lately. I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> I'm still trying to remember my thing. Um, <clears throat> I I brought up the business viewpoint of it and like why would you buy a console? Oh yeah, but but so it typically comes down to a financial standpoint. Seems when it comes to the the people who have this opinion mm-hmm. um, because they want to be able to buy the one thing and be able to buy all the games on it. Um, it seems, and I get that from that perspective. Um, but it's it's interesting that people's opinions on exclusives are this passionate in the gaming realm, mm-hmm. but not in like cell phone companies, McDonald's, Netflix versus HBO, uh, fucking uh, <laughs> Arm and Hammer uh, versus Tide. Uh, fish stick companies. I mean, like every company, the the competition is fueled by what can I offer for this price point versus what someone else can offer. I had someone recently tell me we don't get anything based off this competition. And I don't agree at all because I think most things in innovation. And when I say innovation, I'm I'm speaking vaguely. I've had someone go, what fucking innovation? Well, would you deny there's been no, would you say there's been no innovation in gaming? It all came from competition at some point for the most part. Of course, some people had an idea. They made a game. But a lot of stuff is like we got to make stuff that's really fucking cool. They made something really cool. We got to make something cool. And that does fuel uh, reason to create things. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So. um, Yeah. Companies. Yeah, it's gone. (laughs) Um, Anyways, I I just I, I understand the, the, the aspect from the business standpoint, um, you know, you have to have a reason for people to want to buy your stuff. Uh, and that's not necessarily always consumer friendly, but it is completely understandable. Um, I think I'm a little more relaxed on it too. Cause I j- just tend to buy all of them. Um, and I know I'm not, everyone's capable of doing that. So, um, it's yeah, tricky. I was trying to be careful with, yeah, it's tricky, but I don't think, um, cause like for me, console war be damned. I think it's, I don't care about that at all. Um, that's not even a factor when I'm thinking about this, uh, when it comes to exclusivity, it's more so why do I want to turn on my PlayStation? Cause as someone who does own all of them, you know, I turn on my PlayStation to play the last of us, you know, I, I, I would turn on my Xbox to play their exclusive, but now I can play them on PC and why would I play them on my Xbox? I can play them on my preferred platform, which is PC. You know, I'm using my switch right now to play animal crossing. I can't play that anywhere else. Um, and yeah, it would be nice to be able to play it on PC, but then why would I buy the Switch? So yeah, the, um, the the consoles would not exist the same way they do if there mm-hmm. was no competition outside of the power aspect. Yeah. And he's talking about, you know, consoles are more for, more affordable. But if that was the case, the whole landscape of consoles would be completely different. For there sure, would be, I mean, gaming PCs would be at the same price point as the consoles if everyone could just play everything on the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, gaming kind of started with that. Fucking some companies like Panasonic and shit used to make fucking gaming consoles back in the 80s. For sure. Well, and, and, and then other people offered things they weren't and they took the lead on it and well, then they went, and, they bowed out. And that's the thing. Anyone with the money and drive to do so can make a box that plays things. Third party mm-hmm. developers are all over that. Their, their business model is give it to everybody, make as much money as possible. Versus Sony's business model is give people a reason to be on PlayStation all the time mm-hmm. doing PlayStation things or even Microsoft. You, uh, as you brought up in your comment, um, as a, I think is a great example, they've kind of abandoned the exclusivity thing, but they still want the Xbox name there all the time. So it's not mm-hmm. necessarily that they're just abandoning exclusivity. Um, they still have a, a, a stake there. So now Xbox is on your PC and Xbox will eventually be on your switch and stuff like that. You're still in an exclusive shop essentially to access yeah, G- their products. Game Pass is an exclusive right. and so. it's a Microsoft exclusive. And if it was, even if it was on PlayStation, mm-hmm. they'd still be getting a profit from it. So their, their approach is different now. And they have everything to gain for They've it. Cha- so. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're thinking long-term, mm-hmm. but they're still the, the Xbox's philosophy. Isn't like, Hey, fucking, uh, our game should be on everything. It's our game should be on everything through our platform. Yes. Right. They're right. not thinking about the console anymore. They're offering you the console so you can play their games through if you want to mm-hmm. own an Xbox or you want to use an Xbox controller, blah, blah, blah. But if it was Microsoft's way, you'd be playing Game Pass on everything and they'd be making the money from it. Yeah. So they're already thinking about the future of like, do we need boxes? But they they absolutely... When, when I have these discussions with people and they go... Oh, well, it's on PC and Xbox, so it's exclusive. It's a Microsoft exclusive, but it's not Xbox exclusive. And the only reason I even bring that up is because when we're talking about the sales of the console, the point of the console existing, the Xbox has sold far less than the PS4 did. Now, we'll see what happens with the next gen. But, like, this is an important factor. Just, like, if you offer your games on PC and not on Xbox, I know way too many people who choose not to buy Xboxes because of that. In fact, mm-hmm. everyone I know, I know yeah. quite a bit of people, if they play stuff on Game Pass, they're doing it on PC. Mm-hmm. I don't know very many people who own Xbox anymore. I would like to see people on Xboxes. Now, how do you get people to get on Xbox and buy as many Xboxes as PlayStation? You offer them something that you can only experience on Xbox. Yeah. Right. Now, this isn't me going, yeah, exclusives are fucking amazing. I don't have a problem with them, but I, I yeah. kind of made peace with the idea of like, with everybody in competition, when it comes to any business, when you offer new exciting things, it's not even just like, oh, now I got to buy that for this. It's if you do it right, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Right. So like I, I have a fucking a note. Yep. I love this stylus. I actually use it all the time. I, I don't have that on other phones. I'm sure some other ones offer it, but the experience on this is my favorite. Um, I don't see people. Well, the only, the only thing Chris has one as well. Yeah. Um, (laughs) the only other thing I ever see people have like wars over when it comes to products as much as, is phones and that died out because all phones pretty much do the same thing anymore. But, uh, now pretty much comes down to what you're used to in the OS. Mm -hmm. Um, it's starting to get interesting again though, with all the new tech and you'll see people offering things that other people don't. Uh, just like if you look in the camera industry, Sony owns the fucking market pretty much. They offer the, the best features to the price point um, because they're incentivizing you to use their fucking their cameras. I mean, most of the cameras across the board all have the same megapixels. They all have similar things. Sony just has the best fucking autofocus 
It's it's next level. It's been that way since like 2016. So I mean, everything you do when it comes to these these companies, they they, they got to entice you. Otherwise, it's almost useless. The box shouldn't exist. Now, there's something I always talk about that I I've been brand for years, but like. People have this idea that the console war, because they're thinking of Sega and Nintendo. I mean, you say, you know, you've been around since the console war started. I pretty much have been. You know, I've been gaming since the early 90s. There was a soft console war, I guess, in the 80s. But the real, the first console war was between Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo, it seemed. Or just Nintendo in general. You, you know, what Sega does, Nintendo don't, and shit like that. All that stuff, that was that was playful, and I didn't mind it. Most people didn't. And that shit was going on with Xbox and PS2. That shit was going heavy with the Xbox 360 and the PS3. And the Xbox mm-hmm. 360 was very competitive against Sony. And the Xbox One started very competitive. And then when they started lagging behind, because they're a rough beginning, but then their inability to really support the console in a way that people who were looking for exclusives just wasn't getting, they slowly backed off. They repositioned their their strategy mm-hmm. into the Game Pass idea and stuff like that. So um, people have this idea that like it's just the companies preying on the consumer of like fight each other for the fucking consoles. And that's a part of it. But a huge factor that I hear no one ever talk about, and this is absolutely a factor because I saw it with fucking iPhone versus Android. I've seen it with consoles my whole fucking life. I've seen it with cars. Is when you start spending money over like $100, $200, $300, start spending $1,000, start spending $10,000 on things. You never want to feel like you made the wrong decision because that's not chump change for most people. Right, I buy a thousand dollar phone. I don't want to feel like I bought the wrong phone. So when someone mm-hmm. else bought the other thousand dollar phone that's in competition, they don't want to feel like they bought the wrong phone either. Because you spent a shitload of money. Why would you want to buy a shit or spend a shitload of money on something and go fuck? I bought the wrong thing. God damn it! Or oh, I bought an Xbox for four hundred bucks. Fuck! It was the br- I shouldn't have bought it. I should have bought the PS4. Or you bought the PS4 and you're like, God damn it! Why didn't I buy the Xbox? Buyer remorse. To to not have buyer remorse, people become competitive because they want to back their investment. This is this is just how it is. I don't know anybody who wants to spend that much money and go, eh, it's not that great. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's such no. a huge factor of the console war that no one ever talks about. And so it's a fucking cycle. You have people going, well, which one do I buy? And then the companies are like, well, you should buy mine. And the other one's like, well, no, you should buy mine. Because money. Yeah. And then they're like, well, I only got money for one console right now. And they're like, well, ours has this. There's like, well, ours has this. Yeah. And fucking, so you make that decision. And then you pretty much have to stick with it. I remember the first like three years of Xbox One, I had people who were hardcore Xbox 360 fans telling me like, oh, I love the Xbox One. I'm like, oh, I like the PS4, but I have an Xbox One as well. And it's pretty cool. And then over time, they're like, I was, I'm waiting for like games to come out for this. And I know people, and I'm not trying to upset anybody who has the Xbox One. I have them all. I like all the consoles. Mm-hmm. But I anecdotally, anecdotally know more people. This is just a fact in my personal life. I've known more people to abandon the Xbox One to buy a PS4 later down the road because they start seeing the games. And this is, you know, to your credit, you don't like the idea of the exclusive. So why should they even have to abandon their Xbox One to get their exclusives? I get that. For sure. But it's it's so much more of a complicated thing than I think people really let on when they're like, you know, you say it's juvenile. I think a lot of this conversation on Twitter gets real juvenile. Quickly. Especially when they get really angry. I, yeah. I just, I, it drives me fucking nuts. But there's so much to this. There's so many layers. Like I said, it's the buyer remorse, trying to avoid that when you spend a shitload of money. Nobody wants to buy a brand new car and someone goes, you bought that fucking model. You could have spent fucking two thousand dollars less on this car, and it does everything that car does. And then you're gonna go, well, fuck me, 
or you buy your phone, you spend $1,500 because these phones are getting expensive as shit, $2,000 on a phone, and someone goes, why'd you buy that one when you could have bought the fucking iPhone, wherever the hell, it's got a better camera. And you're like, well, they said the camera on this has higher megapixels. Well, that doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. This has better yeah. software. And you're like, fuck. And then the companies are like, no, no, you bought the right one. This is the best one. We also have this feature that one doesn't have. And then it's a fucking, it's just, it's an ecosystem of people <laughs> convincing you you made the right decision and you staying confident that you made the right decision. The exclusives are part of that. I mean, so is the the services these things offer. So is the controller. So is the the box design, the community that, that, you know, Xbox has harbored with the idea of like, hey, we're having fun. Fucking it's all about the fun and the games and blah, blah, blah. You can play them anywhere. And, you know, the community on PlayStation being proud of like, we got great exclusives. You can't play anywhere else. And fucking that's how Sony is. And that's how people in this community are. And that's where you start getting that that war aspect from. But it's it's so much more complicated. And again, the 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 atmosphere of consoles would be completely alien right now if everyone just essentially had glorified PCs, mm-hmm. which is yeah. the future that's coming. But I guarantee in those streaming services, which we're already seeing with fucking Stadia, they will offer exclusives because you have to still, regardless of, fuck the box. The box will go away. Fuck the yeah. box. When I can start playing games on my fucking phone and just like link that to my TV or my TV's got the streaming service, I'm still going to have to pick if I'm going to have PlayStation service, Xbox, Game Pass, fucking Stadia, uh, Nintendo, even though I don't think they'll abandon physical shit for a long time because they're selling us cardboard now. Fucking geniuses. <laughs> um, you're still going to have to make these decisions and how are you going to make those decisions when there's no box? Or you can pick the controller you want to use with that fucking uh, streaming service, what they offer you. Yeah. The other, this, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Chris, that's no, that much. This, this feels like it's it's a really uh, late stage development of the early branding system that consoles used to have. Like, Nintendo was known for being the Mario game console. You play family-generated games on there. Me growing up with all this stuff, Mar- Nintendo was, was the family console. That's the game where you can play fun little family games. But PlayStation, for me, was the RPG console, which is what I was really into. And so I knew that that if I wanted to play an RPG, that's where I had to play it. And that's what this is like these exclusivities stem from, I think. Is Here, that hold on. Please hold the thought, because I have one thing I want to add to that. So yeah. on the RPG thing where you're saying, imagine a world where all these games are on every console. If you look at the sales on the demographics of these consoles, people buy differently based on these consoles as well. Like Xbox, mm-hmm. RPGs wasn't made weren't made on Xbox as much because they weren't selling on Xbox as much. Because mm-hmm. people who were buying Xbox typically didn't play RPGs as much. This was this yep. is why Xbox didn't sell the original Xbox and 360 didn't sell well in uh, Japan because the people who buy the Xbox and the games that are made for it typically didn't lean into that or the interest wasn't there. So like that whole mentality, I remember buying the fucking Sega Genesis when I was a kid because I was like this this is like the rad console like back yeah. in the 90s is very much like this is the cool <laughs> one with the sunglasses like yeah bro this could be fucking fun and Nintendo was like the more traditional fun family console. Super Nintendo obviously had some cool games too but Sega Genesis whole atmosphere was like these crazy fucking ideas of just weird shit of course the Super Nintendo was more powerful but like and had of course legendary games like fucking Zelda and stuff Metroid um, sure. but Sega Genesis had this whole different atmosphere and it's just like these are all factors that go into this mm-hmm. sorry anyway no, that, that, that was my point exactly it was that the, these early like progenerators of the consoles are what really led up to this moment of this exclusivity between certain consoles like for me it's always been just like xbox is the the sports and the shooter console so i didn't buy one 100 i bought a ps4 uh, granted i bought an xbox 360 
oh, I didn't have a PS3, but they had RPGs on 360. So it was, and there's, for me, it was a better console. And there was RPGs on 360 you couldn't get anywhere else that people fucking loved. And like, and of course, like I said, in, in a perfect world where you could play them everywhere, I don't know how that would have changed the landscape later, but like, I, I feel like a lot of these, yeah. these developers would have stopped making the consoles the way they do and been way less competitive because it's more so about the third party than at the at that point. I guess every first party company would be making, having the same mentality as third party. Mm-hmm. So you'd have less emphasis on like, we got to make fucking studios for our fucking company. Right. Because that's why they exist. All these first party companies exist because the company's like, okay, under our umbrella, we need people who only make games for us. Well, and and mm-hmm. you said it earlier, but the the even television streaming services, you know, Netflix came out and was like a hub for everything. It and Hulu. Well, no one's complaining about Netflix fucking but, original series. And then <laughs> everyone everyone saw they there was a piece of that pie to have, and so they started pulling out. Well, then Netflix had to go. Why well, have to make a reason for people to stay here? Mm-hmm. And they started making exclusive content for it. So, yeah. And right. I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing in that, you know, I, I do agree. It'd be nice to just be able to play what you want everywhere you want. I don't disagree with that Absolutely. mentality. But if I make a product, I want you there. And I, so it makes sense. And until a solution is available, um, that that's kind of just the way it well, is. Th- th- I had somebody on Twitter recently. I, I This is when, when I debate somebody. Most of the time you just let someone talk and they'll hang themselves because you just don't offer him anything. Like I was just going off of me like, why do you fucking love the companies making money? I'm like, I never said that. And then they're like, why the fuck do you blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I never said that either. But like, uh, it's just important to understand the business aspect of it. But to, but to claim we don't get anything from it, I think is, is not true at all. Because when a company sees that someone else made a game that they don't have access to and it's doing really well, they're going to want to fucking compete with that. They want a piece of that pie. Yeah. Yep. And you could just go, Hey, can we also have that game? And they can get the sales, but now they've already got the lead on or whatever. So now they're going to get competitive and they're going to try and make a whole different game. And then that genre is going to grow into really cool stuff. And I and like, I fuck, I love that shit. I love watching different people think of like being pushed in a situation to uh, think of new ideas and make new exciting things. And if they fail, they're going to learn, hopefully, or they're going to die or they're going to make fucking better shit after that. Sometimes a game will come out. I like it. And then the sequel comes out. It's not that great. And I always hope I'm never like, oh, well, fuck them now. I'm like, make a better one. Learn from it. Same thing with this. Like they're looking at that and like, how can we compete? Fucking uh, Bleeding Edge is an Xbox uh, game. I'm really excited to pick up. It obviously drew inspiration from certain games, but it has its own thing now. But that, without the genre and, and competition, they wouldn't have fucking made that game. For sure. Mm-hmm. Competition breeds creativity in corporate America. Plain and simple. Well, fucking everywhere, really, unless you're living in a communist country. <laughs> then you just take people's ideas. I mean, like, <laughs> literally. But, like, it's, I mean, it's everywhere. And, and I think there is, I, I, I think people get kind of, upset about the idea of competition and I don't I think it's a social thing but like I think friendly competition's fine and I think that's pretty much what's going on right now nowadays nowadays the most friendly comp- competition I've ever seen in gaming mm-hmm. Phil Spencer's mm-hmm. constantly congratulating everyone when they make games Sony is not as good about it but when you're Sony and how well they've done they're they're, they're kind of being pompous right now, especially with the way they're fucking unveiling the PS5. Well, they're super but, corporate. They're just very quiet all sure. the time. Yeah. But but yeah. they still like you still see this like ecosystem of people congratulating each other, especially all the devs and stuff, especially all the first party devs for these companies, like Naughty Dog and stuff. All the Sony they devs. All, yeah, they're con- they love everything people yeah. are making. So or taking screenshots of them playing Xbox and playing Switch and stuff like that. Like 
they're they're essentially advertising for their competition yeah. saying i love this game i'm getting to play here so um and and i'm not even sitting here going like you know we need fucking hard exclusives and like no one should be able to play these i'm i'm 100 for horizon zero to come out on pc Agreed. i think that's neat no, but, it's great for pc players for sure but not only do i think it's not smart for them to just open up all their games like that mm-hmm. unless they're timed exclusives like xbox has done um mm-hmm. i know they know that i know they're not gonna do that because it is a major the people there are people who just straight up deny the power of exclusives i have people fucking tell me it's not that big a deal and i'm like i don't buy it because the sales fucking are always really high on consoles that are known to have legendary games you can't play anymore. Look at console sales uh, for DS and Switch every time Pokemon comes out. Every time. 100%. And look at the Switch caught up to the Xbox and sales been out less time. And that's not spikes every time a game comes that's out. That's not anything against the Xbox. That's the Switch having stuff you can't get anywhere else. Yep. But I think you're on the right track with saying that Xbox is kind of getting ahead of that curve with this. this. Oh, they're going to wreck in the future. Yeah, it, the Netflix-esque system of playing games. Like that is, that is the future of how gaming is going to be done. Consoles, and they're doing it first. Yeah, they're going to be in that market. They're going to understand how it works. They're going to understand how to market it better to everybody. It's That's that's how it's going to be eventually. I've, I've been, and I'm on the record on the show, talking about this fucking multiple times. I think, because before Stadia came out, I had people telling me, they're like, this is going to be streaming, finally. Like, streaming gaming is coming, and this is going to be the first one to like pop it off. I'm like, well, this isn't even the first one to do it. This has been going on. The fucking Sega channel exists in the 90s. Uh, fucking OnLive failed. Stadia, they're like, Google, man. Google's going to be able to do it. I'm like, well, first off, people don't even like fucking Google. Sorry, Google. I know you're listening. Um, but uh, it, it's not even offering anything that's exciting. It's it's The only thing that's exciting about it is you can play anywhere, but fucking who gives a shit? I can play these things anywhere else. And the latencies up and down everywhere. Xbox has positioned themselves to be the fucking one to usher this in because they're going to offer you a powerful-ass console with, with games that you're going to be playing, uh, fucking the ecosystem used to, Game Pass, all that shit, and they'll be able to usher in the streaming service to people who want it, people who don't need it, and eventually they're going to be able to fucking prioritize that and just merge into it. No one else is making that fucking move. Yeah. So when, when I'm sitting here talking about like Xbox, this, Xbox, that, the fucking PS3 was a fucking speed bump for Sony. They already had their fucking moment. The Wii U was a speed bump for fucking Nintendo. They all go through it. Nintendo's had a bunch of them. The fucking uh, Virtua Boy, bunch of shit. They've tried all sorts of things that didn't work out, right? The Xbox One is a success. It's, it hasn't failed, but it is, in my opinion, out of all the Xbox consoles, they're first kind of like, what are we doing? Okay, let's figure this out. Well, the future is this. Let's go that way. Yeah. So in this time, they've had time to recalibrate their strategy and move in that direction. Sony's going hard on what they they their whole fucking legacy is: strong first uh, party games. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what they've been doing since the fucking first PlayStation. Um, and so when I think about the future of games and where it's going, it's not going to be like a switch. You just go, all right, streaming's on. I never, I never have thought that because people have already tried it. We're not there yet. But that easing into that, Xbox, Microsoft is going to be the ones that usher that us into that. It's not going to be Sony. I think a large part of that, too, is they learned a pretty valuable lesson at E3 when they announced the Xbox One and tried forcing too much new tech at once on people. Yep. Because people went, I don't like change, don't do that. Because, and I remember before those fucking consoles came out, I was like, dude, Xbox is way more ambitious than Sony when it comes to the console itself. Sure. They had way bigger ideas they were planning on doing. People weren't ready for it. 
It scared people. They Sony used that to their advantage. They're like, oh yeah, they don't like those ideas. We're not gonna do that because before they ha- there's rumors that they're both gonna do certain things, mm-hmm. and then Xbox went first, and Sony was very sh- people talk shit about. It. I'm like, that's genius. They're a different company. They 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 want to like. It. I I like the competition. I don't like when it gets like negative and shitty and mean. But that's that's us. That's it's not important them for doing both that. of them to get better. Sure. Yeah. If you're the guy on top, you're going to go. I don't have to try anymore. Well, and fucking, I've also been saying this. I I knew Xbox was going to fucking bring in the next gen. Their console is more powerful than the fucking PS5. Now, that's kind of misguided in in people talking about that. Just raw power. It's more powerful. The Mm. the PS5 is going to be faster. So it's going to be interesting. They're both going to play the same fucking games. Really good, though. Really good. I was looking at the stats. Uh, My computer is slightly better. Than, than both the new consoles, right? So, and I love my PC. It costs significantly more than the consoles. It costs way more, <laughs> way fucking more. So it's insane you're gonna be able to play games that I'm playing on my PC on these consoles for probably $500. Although Sony's kind of positioned himself, I, I think they could sell it for less. I don't think they're gonna, I think they could. Um, but they have their own proprietary technology in this console as well, which is really cool. Um, I also think they're willing to take a loss for a year or two. They, I mean, they can, but so, yeah. can, so can Microsoft. Yeah. No, no, I Microsoft know. took Micro- a loss with the original Xbox for fucking years. Years, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that the original Xbox was that. Yeah. So, I mean, um, they had the money to just break into the console. They used to be consoles all the time, though, until I think like PS2 and Xbox 360 and stuff like that, or the PS3 and Xbox 360. I think is when they started. I don't know. I'm rambling at this point, but yeah, they used to be the business model: lose on the system, earn on the software. So. And even Gabe Newell came out recently and said that his competition between Steam uh, and Epic Game Store, he likes it. And he, he said, should. he said, even though it's kind of like dirty right now, it, in the future, it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I thought the same thing when Epic, I don't like the way they were conducting their business by sniping shit. But at the same time, it, it Steam has gone for me. Yeah, Steam has gone fucking unchecked for years. And I was fine with it. I was like, I love Steam. Steam has all these amazing sales, all this shit. And then Epic's like, they don't really treat their devs that well, though. So we're going to get really aggressive and try and force them to do that. Start paying them more. And I'm like, that's not that bad of a thing. But the way they conduct them, like, it's kind of shitty. It's kind of making the consumer have to go, well, I bought it on Steam. Now I can't play it on there? What the fuck? That whole thing was kind of fucked up. But now Steam has a real competitor. So Steam has to fucking think about what they're doing, what they're offering, how they do things. And eventually will benefit everybody. I mean, like, Steam just was the fucking king forever. Yeah. So, and it still is, but like, it's got fucking GOG, it's got uh, fucking Epic Game Store, and this is a positive thing. There's people who defend the Epic Game Store. That means there's people, uh, there's not really like a fucking PC hub uh, fucking, you know, war uh, between people, but there's been pretty close. I've seen some people. Have this debate. There's way more people on Steam who who uh, will fight for Steam, but uh, it's been interesting. And when you when you say juvenile, I I only reject that in the sense of if if you have an opinion, I don't think it's juvenile to have that. But there are a lot of people who are who are the fanboys, the ones we talk about when people just kind of pop in and go, "Fucking Sony fanboys" or "Oh, Xbox fanboys." Those people are all brand loyalists those people aren't here for the exclusives or the 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 good and the bad of the consoles those people are looking for teams to fight for if it wasn't this it'd be something else certain people are just geared to be more my team's the best fuck you 
And uh, I don't have that in me. Um, it's that damn fucking sports mentality, man. 100%. This is my team. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, there's so many things people get get really. So. When I was younger, people were like fucking always way more aggressive about Pepsi versus Coke. It's been a long time since I was a kid, so people have had time to just let go of that war. But uh, I remember people were like, "Oh, that's too much carbonation." Well, fucking Pepsi sweeter. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, you guys are gonna fucking ha- have teams over this? So, I mean, like, people will fight over everything, but I do 100% believe that the console war um, is a way more nuanced thing that has so many layers to it that it's hard to just go, it should be this way or that way. There's just the fact of the matter of why they do it, but I also think there's so much more from us consumers that goes into it than people let on. People have this idea that there's like this, like, do with a mustache, the twiddler mustache, like, we're going to get people pissed at each other. And, and then people look at, like, Xbox because they're doing something. They didn't back out of the console war. They're, they're trying to dominate in a different way. Um, they're infecting, like, a fucking virus. That's what they're trying to do. Pretty much. And Sony's just blasting through going, like, we're the fucking best console ever. And Xbox like, yeah, yeah, we're all friends. All right, put Xbox Game Pass on everything. So we can make money. Um, so it's, it, things are just evolving, but like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I pretty much made my point at this point. Yeah. But um, I just think there's way more to it than that. 100%. So. Uh, yeah. And I, I, and, and the console war has evolved to yeah. different. I mean, when the 64 came out, I remember people going like the 64 is more powerful than the PlayStation. Be like, well, the PlayStation has, you know, better games and fucking, uh, you know, more mature type games that are for adults and stuff like that. And like, those are all legit things. But me going like, oh, I could buy the traditional console with the mature games or I can buy the three handled controller octopus thing that has all the crazy better graphic games and experiences. I don't know. I, I've just... I love tech and I grew up in, you know, me and you grew up always having all the consoles. Yeah. Um, whether we got them at launch at once or we had to wait a couple of years to get them. Mm-hmm. We've always been passionate about the ecosystem of gaming. So I've never had this mentality of like, I, I, in my head, I'm, it's just always like, I got to get them all. I even have an Xbox one. I don't I, fucking play it. But every once in a while I do. I'll say somewhere over there in storage, I have uh an Ouya somewhere. I mean, that that was something that obviously didn't take off, but that was a investment I made to in for gaming to see like if it could be something, and it didn't. But you know, I wasn't sitting there rooting for it to 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 take over and be the next console either. I was just like, this is interesting. I want to sure. check this out. I'm uh, looking at the Atari box. There. There's no reason for it to exist. Cast yeah. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I one of Sega's hiccups. I had their last one. I love that console. What, the Dreamcast? Yeah. yeah, it's one of my top five consoles of all time. Well, that's that's hard. It's one of my top five favorite, but not top five. I am not in that team. Best consoles of all time because there's just consoles that you can't take off that list. So, yeah. but uh, um, but I want I want to extend this back. You have more seconds. I just I, no, I just want to go to his comment again real quick, yeah. just because we talked mostly about the console stuff. Um, just mm-hmm. to touch up specifically on Horizon, um, I do also think it's very wonderful. Um, I do think that as well, um, it has page. been, yeah. you know, it's been a little while since it's been out. Um, I do think there is something there with timed exclusivity as well. Um, because the people who wanted it right off the bat, you know, are going to rush out and get there. And as a PC gamer, I'm sure you are very aware of the, the infinite amount of backlog you're never going to get through. 
And so waiting a couple years for a game to come out for you is not necessarily a horrible thing for a single player experience, I should say. So, uh, And the sheer amount of PC games that exist on PC only, like yeah. there's so many games on PC that will never be on console and like uh, to be, some of them wouldn't even work on fucking console. Just like, and he, he kind of addresses he that. that. He up. kind of addresses yeah. it, but still like, well, th- but the Dark Souls thing, you can play it with a control on anything. Yeah. But like some games are like suited for the mouse and keyboard or like Nintendo is a very quirky company that will do some weird shit with mm-hmm. their control schemes. Um, <laughs> so I think these things are all, all, um, all interesting and, and fun and, and good. I mean, like I have two VR headsets and those are experiences you can't get anywhere. And like, I just, I love the ecosystem of gaming. I love the competition, friendly competition, but I love, people being inspired to make new things, whether it's through just true inspiration or through competitive inspiration. I think they're both equally good and I benefit from both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sitting here going, the corporate overlord should be making and taking all of our fucking money. That's not my argument. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, and I don't even look at Sony and Microsoft like that. I mean, yeah. well, I do look at Sony and Microsoft like that, but I don't look <laughs> at the PlayStation division. I don't look at the Xbox division. The people as, behind design as people stuff. and yeah. the devs as people who are like, let's fuck these people over. I don't view them that way. And when I talk with people on Twitter, they like talk, they talk about these people like they're fucking like evil overlords. I'm like, yet you're sitting here fighting for, for yeah. something. You're fighting to buy their games and getting upset with me. And it's like, why would you even support them if you fucking view them this negatively? Yeah. There's certain companies I think are shit, but fucking when I'm like fucking, why do you why do you celebrate them making money? I celebrate them making money because then they make games for me to fucking enjoy and play. Yeah, and I honestly, mean, like, their success is my success. I get to play games I like. Yeah, something we always bring up on the channel, anyways, too, is uh, really at the end of the day, the market is going to where the money is. Speak with your money. If you don't like yeah. that stuff, don't buy it. And honestly, I don't like timed exclusives, but I think it's a viable option if you want to have that exclusive experience for a game. I don't um, like them either, but to well because it killed Borderlands for you. It did. I I I'm mm-hmm. not even interested in buying it now, and it's on yeah. Steam. I just I'm like, eh, it, it's done and over with. I'm like, it's over. Yeah, yeah. And that happened with the Tomb Raider games. Yeah. So, um, it's tricky, man. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to make that decision. There's plenty of games to play, so I mean, you're not merely missing out in that regard. I just so. can't <laughs> foresee a future where exclusives won't exist because yeah. the incentive is too great for the company, yeah. but also for the devs, for the people who are buying them because you're getting games that are competitively made and they don't all need to be that. There's a lot of third party. Ubisoft's whole fucking uh, ex- existence is just making sure their games are on every fucking thing possible. Um, but a lot of these devs exist as incentives to offer value to your decision on what console you pick up first because you have limited money. Yeah. Um, but I am trying to think of this world where like everyone essentially has like uh, their own PC that plays everything and how that works for, cause PC or not PC uh, console started that way already. Like I said before, Panasonic fucking all these different companies were making like Atari type things and they all dropped out because West, because yeah. who's who's buying what? How do you get them to buy yours over the other person when they're all offering the same thing? Yeah. You gotta start offering something. I mean like it just it I can't fathom it. So I want to extend the conversation back to you, Greg Gouda, but anybody who's part of this conversation, uh what would you propose otherwise? What is what is uh what is a beneficial world in your opinion when it comes to gaming? 
um, and exclusives. Yeah. How do you think it could work? How do you think it'll work business-wise? Uh, what yeah, do you think? It's not a charity, man. What do you think? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> just like free-to-play games. People get pissed off people buying stuff in those games. I'm like, they got to fucking make money. Those people people spent years working yeah. on this. They got paid to do it. I mean, like, it's it's just interesting. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, I want to extend that conversation back to you because I don't, I don't get to have these conversations typically. I normally get someone angry at me. They don't like that I'm like, well, exclusives exist for this, and I understand it. And they're like, why would you fucking defend it? I'm like, easy. There's a, there's, we just spoke here for fucking a while on this on this topic. <laughs> there's a lot to it. So I want to extend it back to you. What would you propose? Be different. Convince me. Because um, I'm, like I said, I'm not sitting here going, yes, fucking corporate money. I love it. Corporate greed. I love it. I'm, I'm the, I live in the wrong state for that. I wasn't raised that way. <laughs> I'm all about fuck the man and goddamn all that shit. But um, but there is a trade happening here. We're paying people for things we enjoy, and they're making the things we enjoy because we're paying them. Um, so yeah, just just offer me, offer me the future you envision. Um, that I just I can't see it as much as I I don't have an issue with it. If I could just play all the games I like on everything, I would own one thing, and I'd play them all in there. Yeah. But then it mm-hmm. saddens me at the idea of. Uh, consoles going away and and all the cool ideas they think of with their controllers and go into a world where everybody has like these chintzy pc controllers that they're all trying to make real quick but they're not really that cool or inventive because they're just trying to make something rudimentary like a fucking 360 controller they work but there's nothing interesting about them whereas now you know the the ps4's got a touchpad on it i would have never thought they'd do that xbox controllers fucking it's just a premium s controller with fantastic trigger vibration all those things were invented because they wanted to offer you something you weren't getting somewhere else. So, yeah. yeah. Anything else you want to say on that? No. That's a whole topic. We you, yeah. you made a whole topic for the show. Yeah, so thank we you. should move to other comments. Thank you for the comment. Obviously, it sparked a lot of discussion. So. Please extend the conversation in the comments. Please be civil. Yeah. I've had way too many people on Twitter get angry over this, and I'm just like, dude, come on. Let's just talk about this shit. Um, yeah. So anyway, thank you for the comment. Uh, and then I did a video talking about the spooky shit that I don't want to talk about too much on the channel, but I talked about COVID-19, how it's going to affect the channel. And um, I'm not going to go through every single one of these. I just want to thank everybody uh, who is pretty much on the same page when it comes to the situation everybody's dealing with right now. We got Psycho Scream saying, pro tip, refrain from knocking uh, one out till the CDC gives the all clear. <laughs> um, Duly noted. Uh, Tom B. Yeah, stay safe in the. This is. What the fuck just happened? Computer's being weird my, today. Yeah, man. my computer is doing. Or my laptop's being extra spooky. He said, yeah, stay safe. Uh, this is serious. Greetings from Austria. Greetings from the States, United States, Washington. Uh, as of today, my whole country is in lockdown. Uh, only supermarkets and pharmacies are open. Uh, Maneki Neka says, stay safe. Wash your hands. P.S. I've been training for this for years, as all us gamers have. Uh, don't leave the house. Easy. Good game. Uh, but for real, stay safe. Uh, Psycho Scream also said, I always shop for groceries three months at a time. When he originally told me that, I was like, what the fuck is he preparing for? Now I'm like, he's a genius. <laughs> Holy shit. Why wasn't I doing that? Keith says, I am currently qu- uh, quarantined. How was it quantified? I don't know why. <laughs> I'm quantifying myself. I'm currently quarantined in my house for the next two to three weeks at the least. So lots of video games and lots of tasty loot gaming. Thank you. Uh, thanks for reaching out and thinking about us. Game on. You're absolutely welcome. And Jeremy says, uh, is it Mikod, Mikod, Mishod, Mishad, Mishod? Let me know, please. <laughs> I always look at his last name. I'm like, how do you, how do you pronounce it? 
It's a real question. Um, he says, done. I just tell my boss, Seth told me to stay home and play video games. And I would recommend everybody who's trying to stay home right now, tell them that. Be like, hey, this fucking guy on the internet said I need to stay home. And they're going to be like, you probably should. I mean, I kind of jokingly told our boss. <laughs> but I was like, hey, give me a reason to just stay home and play video games. Yeah, please, please let me just stay the fuck home. So with that, I want to say thank you for everybody uh, touching bases with us, telling us to stay safe. We say the th- same thing back to you. We're all going through the same thing. We got to help each other out. We got a community here of awesome people. So I hope everybody uh, stays safe, play video games, wash your hands, and, uh, you know, yeah, thanks for, thanks for the comments. Uh, you guys have anything you guys want to say on that before we go on to the next one? I kind of rushed through that, so. I mean, I just echo your sentiments. Yeah. So, Chris? Sam uh, just don't pet people's animals because it's like shaking hands I, yeah no, no, no. I, I agree you pet their animals and they pet the animal and you could spread it oh yeah just like surfaces all that shit so I mean there's put your hands in your pockets motherfuckers don't touch anything yeah. stop licking doorknobs motherfuckers I know you guys are like, a tasty bronze doorknob is it real or is it chocolate <laughs> exactly <laughs> Uh, then we had me and Chevy on reacting to Baldur's Gate 3 trailer and gameplay. Uh, we talked about that. And then, uh, Maneki Deku says, I seen characters from the first two will show up later in the game. So it's definitely connected. I'm pretty stoked for this. P.S. I turned 37 in two weeks. So, uh, fuck Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate 2, uh, were my stepping stones into gaming. Uh, I want to say, uh, an advanced happy birthday. I hope you have a really good one. Um, and, uh, me and Chevy had pretty much the same kind of beginning and piece of gaming. He's much older than me. Just a little bit. You're a lot older than me. I'm I'm a baby at 33. Yeah. I'm telling myself that. Uh, it'll be May for me for 37. So. You're going to be 37? Yeah. My own brother. I can't believe this shit. <laughs> Chris is deep in thought. Five days ago, their birthday's in two weeks. Their birthday's around the same time as mine. Oh. Uh-oh. You guys got bowed to the death. There can only be one. Just cough on each other. <laughs> oh God, no, no coughing. Not, not around me. Keep it fucking somewhere else. Um, yeah, he's referring to. We talked about if this is going to be connected to the original Bulger's Gate, or if it's just kind of like a loose, like oh, it's the same universe. So fuck it. Um, so uh, it's very interesting to hear mm-hmm. that. Um, that's one of the, the greatest things about this channel is we're already really gaming centric. I'm paying attention to fucking everything. But every once in a while, I'm like, I'm not sure. Ask the fucking comments and someone's going to know. So it's awesome. I'm sure I you can also relate. We're getting older. This don't work so well anymore. As this episode, fucking old, this has happened five times. It might be fucking coronavirus. I don't know, but fucking it's like the last two weeks. My brain just goes. As everybody knows, like my brain's and I talk really fast. I say all this shit lately. I don't know if it's, I'm getting older. I just turned 33 recently, Wade. I had a birthday. Fucking my brain will just go, stop. And I'm like, wait, what was I doing? Don't worry about it. Just stop. Chill. I'm like, fuck, man. Don't cock lock me right now. <sighs> anyway, uh, let's see. And then we got another one from Triple Backspace that said uh, they did another release of a different cinematic eight or nine months ago. It looks like a scene from the city in the aftermath of the attack or one from a similar raid. So I'm thinking the game will probably uh, have more than one cinematic. This is in response to me and Shoei talking about how we really like the cinematic in this. And uh, as an old school nod to like older games you play and then you get some real cool cinematic like in Blizzard games and shit, um, it'd be cool if they did that in this. Mm. Cause you know, even though games look 
amazing Resident Evil 3 remake. Um, <laughs> I know I went off on that earlier. Uh, I still appreciate CGI. I love, I, I'm a big movie guy, so I love cinematography and a fixed, you know, uh, angle and just like an imagined scenario brought to life through, uh, you know, visuals. And so CGI, I don't got to explain this. Fuck, we all grew up playing like Final Fantasy VII. You're playing the game, the graphics. Back then, we're fine. But then you get to that cutscene, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. So, and now you look at it and you're like, dude, Final Fantasy VII looks better than fucking any CGI you've ever seen. <laughs> so, it's just crazy. But, oh, yeah. That is cool. Um, to kind of like, yeah, it probably will be. So, I'm, I appreciate the comment. You guys have anything to say on that? No. I, no. I, thanks for the, you know, essentially, we did ask multiple times mm-hmm. for confirmation. So, I uh, appreciate these kind of comments. Yeah. Uh, Simon, two questions. Randall said, while turn-based combat tends to be a bit chess-like and boring to me, I was still hooked to or, or Original Sin's uh, 1 and 2's way of it, though. They're sticking to it in uh, Baldur's Gate 3. I keep seeing BG. I'm like, battle? Uh, I trust Larian to get it right uh, or improve it further. Uh, combat looks unforgiving and tactical seems to have intuitive dungeon design the dialogue looks and sounds uh, good for the most part the cinematic style for the dialogue isn't something I can recall now seeing in an isometric uh, CRPG uh, gives me Dragon Age uh, Origins vibes um, I agree I that was something we said in the video too it kind of gave me like Bioware vibes on the dialogue stuff which is very welcoming Um I agree with everything you say pretty much. And uh, although I do, I do like chess, like combat in games a lot. Um, um, it's cool to see that as someone who doesn't typically like that, that you still were into a game that just nailed it. You know, like uh, sometimes you might not be in a genre into a genre and someone does it so fucking well that you're like, I don't know, this is pretty good. Mm. So um, every once in a while you get, get that hook. Um, I do think that Larian will do, uh, this game justice. And I think they will probably improve on uh, what they've done before because they did it with uh, original sin uh, one to two and um, and yeah, I can't imagine them not doing it here specifically, hopefully with a company of Wizards of the Coast stature and their financial abilities to back a truly AAA experience. Sure. I mean the graphics and the CGI alone screams money. Um, so, and seeing a company like Larian get that is so fucking cool to me. So it's, it's a really cool, it's a really cool marriage. So I really hope to see big improvements. I'll say there's a lot of excitement, uh, that can be had here because I mean, first off you do have the name, obviously, uh, Boulder's gate, which we've brought up a couple times now. And, and, and we've obviously heard some responses uh, in regards to people who share that it's one of those series that people got you know, introduced to PC gaming and it's part of some of our childhoods. Mm. Um, so you got that reexisting, which is exciting, but also kind of scary, but then, okay. Okay. Now this company who did a good job with divinity, but maybe didn't get as much attention as they probably should have. Divinity two is praised everywhere. It's one of the best RPGs of the last like yeah. 10 years uh, alongside Witcher three. And now they get to make, that franchise i mean that's it's just it's like perfect so yeah no i'm i'm also very excited i love the the dragon age origins uh inspiration you know essentially for combat and like the third person stuff they they've taken everything i i love about that genre from multiple different places and went here it is 
So. Yeah. Yeah. Everything about it's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You agree? I, I agree. Her. <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you for the comment, Simon. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, so far. And then the last video uh, was my reaction to the road to PS5, which was uh, an Android talking about uh, the specs of the PS5 in great detail. I'm pretty tech savvy. Chevy's a little more tech savvy than I am. I was sitting there and I was like, I understand that. I understand that. I have no fucking idea what he's talking about right now. <laughs> and he's talking so confidently. Um, so yeah, uh, that was an interesting one. Uh, and we got some comments on that. Uh, Keith says he sounds so maternal and calming. Is this an ASMR video? It might as well have been. That guy's... First off, that guy's aging like fucking wine. I, that guy's always been kind of like a dork, but like he looks smoother. Like they upped his polygon count and like his haircut was he, like. He does little, it while he designs hardware. And like, <laughs> and, and fucking his haircut was a lot more trim. And like he's become way more better of a talker. Like he, he, I swear he was like trying to hypnotize people. He was like, he's a really good talk. I was listening to him. I was like, PlayStation Five, yeah, PlayStation, yeah, PlayStation Five. You're gonna buy PlayStation Five. You're gonna love PlayStation Five. PlayStation Five has the best games ever. Has the best graphics ever. You're gonna love being part of PlayStation Five. You are PlayStation Five. Yes, master. I was like, PlayStation. Yeah, PlayStation Five. I got all my money right for PlayStation Five. Um, yeah, it was really weird. Uh, and then let's see the other one I wanted to. Maneki Neko says, I do feel like Xbox was like, here's the specs. It's sick. And Sony was kind of dolling it up and confusing some people and baiting them with information. But both consoles are impressive. Agreed. I agree. I agree. <laughs> As a person who primarily plays PS4 right now and appreciates the Xbox One, um, I am looking at the way Microsoft is handling Xbox and I'm going, they're having fun. I like this. Random fucking announcements at the Game Awards you didn't expect. You're like, what is this? Wait, are they showing the console? Yeah. It was like hype. I was like, oh my God, they're showing it. And then it kind of like got left there. And then later they're like, hey, here's some more. And you're like, oh, what, what's that? And they're like, yeah, yeah, check it out. And I'm like, fuck. With Sony, it's like, I heard that this guy was in an office with somebody and he works for Sony. And the guy's like, hey, what's up with the PS5? He's like, well, it's got this in it. <laughs> is that true? Is, the, is that a leak? No, it's not a leak. You just said it. Where's the, where's the other information? And that's all he said. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and then fucking months later, they're like, this is also in it. And then we, that shit we said before, that's also in it. So be prepared to buy it. Like, I'm gonna, but you do. Where's you have, the fun? Do you have anything yeah. to say? And then they fucking did this presentation and they bring out their fucking this robot and he's just like PlayStation 5 is blah 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 we got all this ar- uh, the architecture and the fucking teraflops and all sorts of shit and I'm just like okay I mean like this is exciting I'm, I like it but god damn where's the spectacle play some music at least fucking <laughs> pop a balloon I don't give a fuck do something <laughs> like just fucking get the blood pumping dude what the hell's going on here just stone face so yeah, Microsoft has been doing a better job at hype. Anything, Chris? It was a board members meeting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed with the way they're doing it. I know the PS5 is going to be great, but fucking, it's whatever. 
the way they're 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 building it up and that just sucks i want both of them to be like yeah it was like yeah this is great and everybody can be like yeah fucking no it's just like xbox like fuck yeah and so he's like eh. you'll buy it when it comes out shut up it's like okay thanks um Nakedako also said, by the end of this, I'm convinced this dude's an android. I agree. That guy is a robot. Christopher Cardwell, his whole name, his whole name. He's revealing it. Doxing himself. Where do you live? What's your what's your zip code? Um put that in your name. Uh he says, I definitely enjoyed the in-depth information because I'm into that shit. Agreed. Me too. Uh Where's oh, but I, I was just fixated on the shit. I was just like that that shit. He's talking like I would. Uh but I definitely can see where most people would gloss over and just be like, give me the TLDR and give me the easy numbers. Um this is something I said also when I was watching the video. I watched it and at the end of it I was like, That wasn't exciting. I mean for me it was because I'm like, oh that's cool, that's cool. What is that? Oh, that's fucking crazy. But for like the average person, they're just gonna be like, is it good? Yes, it's good. But they didn't even say that. There's like, this thing has a bunch of crazy technology in it. Well, I was saying, and then for a person like me, like, I don't, like, I'll ask questions when I want information. Mm-hmm. So, like, just give me the short version. And if I get, if I need more of something, I'll go, okay, expand on this part for me. Um, so, yeah, long stuff like that. I'm just like, uh, uh. yeah. And see, I, I love it <laughs> because, like, when they're talking about their uh, their audio engine, I'm like, this doesn't exist. This is brand new. That's fucking cool. Mm-hmm. When they're talking about, um, uh, I, I think I had to do it with the GPU or whatever, but fucking, um, they have, uh, it almost reminds me of self processing, but they're letting devs decide to do it or not. Very smart. I was like, that's fucking cool. Mm. But we don't know anything about it, anything more than what they said. So I'm like, this is fucking cool stuff. Um, when they're talking about the, the uh, SSD uh, connector being so fast that when they originally even brought it out, nothing could use it. Yeah. And they're like, by the time this does come out, there will be SSDs that will be able to use it. But you have to have those because this thing's so fucking fast that you have to have something that will work with it. it. It'll still work with, uh, you'll still be able to plug in your you know old hard drive and do the backwards compatibility and play the fucking PS4 games, which is awesome. But like, they're talking about fucking just how fast this fucker was and how, how quick. Which is the most exciting mm-hmm. thing for me. Which is which yeah. is crazy because people keep people keep downplaying the, the power of it. I'm like, yeah, but that speed and processing is fucking next level especially when they're talking about they're streaming what you're looking at which is already standard in a lot of games but if you can make that even faster you can compute way more shit and have less stuff loaded back here that you could get graphics so fucking high from that that's also going to affect the way it just reads information uh fucking i'm sure it'll affect the way you stream stuff like there's they're opening up possibilities well and then like for the backwards compatibility sake like Let's use Monster Hunter World as an example. I love that game. You load a lot and constantly in that game. Yeah, and this loads fucking fast. Yeah, that's gone now. Yeah. So, thank you. It's, it's <laughs> crazy fast. Yeah. <clears throat> the name of the game has been speed in this generation, but Sony really went hard on that. Whereas Xbox is like, this thing's fucking powerful. Yeah. So, it's going to be interesting. Oh, for sure. And But, I mean, once again, uh, specific features of each console... It's going to come down to the people making games specifically for those consoles yeah. versus third-party people are just going to go, what plays on both, and make that. So, well, yeah, it's going to, it's, and then there's going to be small differences in the graphics. Yeah. We already see that with all the consoles now and shit. But like, and then when people are talking about the teraflop thing, fucking, I'm just like, or T flops, I'm just like, 
The fucking like the switch has you in the face. The the switch has one, <laughs> has one, and fucking I I still look at games in there. I'm like that's a good looking game. <laughs> I mean like I, I fucking I'm looking at games on fucking the PS4 Pro right now and the Xbox One X significantly less, and I'm still going like Resident Evil Three looks amazing. It's the first time at the end of any console cycle I'm like not going like. It's been two years since I've been seeing these graphics. Let's move on. That happened with the fucking PS3 and the Xbox 360. Now, granted, those are long generations, but yeah. um, I, I remember thinking about that. Like, man, graphics are not really growing too far, and PCs getting capped because they want to put games on here, PC developers, but they can't really boost the graphics over there because they can't go too far ahead. So this is like one of the first times in in, in these console uh, cycles that I'm like, I'm still happy with graphics. It's fucking crazy. So, but anyway. Back to the thing. I'm, I'm with you. I, I like the all the tech nerd shit and stuff like that. But it was not a good presentation for the average person, for sure. Yeah, especially since they, they didn't really, like, they haven't been saying anything about it. They're just like, here's this. We're going to talk about PS5. You can't just say a blanket statement like that. Everyone's going to want to watch it. And then you have that type of presentation. That's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, they should have done a presentation like that after they revealed what the console looks like. Yeah. But whatever. That's the biggest thing I'm excited for is like I, I want to see. Honestly, I want to see the controllers. That shit excites the fuck out of me. That's pretty much the only part that, that kind of matters to me. Because uh, the box I can hide, you know. <laughs> sure. I just. Yeah. Well, I, I I always love the design of consoles. but um, Sure. But, but controllers are interesting because we're in a new territory where people are demanding fucking paddles. Yeah. And I think they should do it because people make like mod packs for $30 that offer you triggers, but they also add or add uh, mods. Mm -hmm. It would be nice if they went, okay, here's the paddles. You don't have to buy that fucking thing. People are still going to find a way to do it, but they're going to be less um, uh, wanting to do that because you already offer the paddles that I think should be standard at this point. I feel like we're going to see them anyways though, because specifically with the, the backwards compatibility uh, with PS4 games and Sony making an official paddle attachment for the PS4 controller. Yeah. I have a feeling the PS5 controller is going to have them. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Because it's it's preemptively getting ready for that. And it happened mm. towards the end of the fucking console cycle, which is a weird time to introduce that. Yeah. Um, although the mod packs are better because you can, at, at one point, program the trigger on at the time. None of them do that. Yeah. You have to go into a program or with the PlayStation 1, you have to adjust it on the thing and tell it which ones you want those buttons to be. Right. Whereas the mod ones, you just hold a button and go circle and it's just ready to go. So uh, hopefully they can streamline that a bit more because my pro controller that I have, um, you have to plug it into your PC to assign what those paddles do. Mm. And I'm like, this is such a fucking process. So yeah, it's similar to the, like my amplifier for my headphones. For sure. So. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, I kind of went on a rant there. Uh, anything to say, Chris? <laughs> Definitely. was just, uh, during <laughs> that's a lot of things they're saying um so yeah that's gonna do it though uh thank you everybody who commented make sure to type in hashtag stlg if you want to be uh featured on the show and have us talk for like 45 minutes about your one comment um it's yeah. spicy enough yeah <laughs> anything you guys want to say before it closes out same you know thank you for commenting we uh i can't say speak for all of us but i know me and you enjoy the segment at least I'm sure Chris is just it. happy to be here. I never want to Chris do this been, again. Chris has been bored for 50 minutes. Like, Jesus Christ, you're talking to them? Like, I could be building furniture right now. Why would you talk <laughs> Why would you talk to the pixels on a screen, man? They're not even real. But 
Yeah, thank you for the comments. Thanks for. I could be playing a video game right now. This is ridiculous. Hanging out with us for our <laughs> almost three hour show. Yeah, that's a long one. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but a lot of you got time now. So enjoy. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, episode 112 of the Taste Cast. As always, thank you for watching. Make sure to like and subscribe. If you enjoy this episode, make sure to check out our other episodes. Check us out on Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Tasty Loot Gaming. Check out our streams. Links down below. You can watch us on a bunch of random shit. And uh, yeah, we got a Discord link down below. You can talk to us anytime, all time. We're on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast platforms if you prefer to listen to us. Uh, if you love what we do here, you can support us on Patreon. Link down below. Everything's appreciated. Everything goes right back into the channel. Um, yeah, my name's Seth. I'm Chevy. And I'm Chris. Until the next episode, which should be Tasty Tuesday. Have a good weekend, guys, and take it easy. <laughs>